What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Season Gaming Big Cast, episode 225. I am your host, Ty Gaines, and I'm going to be taking over this week uh, with my fellow friends here, Mr. Rodriguez and Mr. Hogue. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Do you have a versus ready to go for the top row here, Mr. Ty Gaines? Oh, damn. We need to, may need to move Dan on top and switch us to the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to cover me. Yeah, that's where, yeah, the, that's where the thing's gonna pop. Oh, yeah. I'm, oh there <laughs> we were very well prepared. Yeah, that's we right. It's just well, it, well that, that kind of still works. It's the verses. Oh my god, <laughs> that was my dog. That, Dan's dog is very excited thought, for Bitcast today. I was gonna ask you if you had a murder room or something. I don't. That's your dogs. This is that's one dog. <laughs> I thought I had somebody in a soundboard ready for Halloween. <laughs> and Hogue, please don't ask Dan about a murder room alive on the air. Oh, oh well, yeah. you know that's in the DMs, guys. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, good morning, everyone. We are we are live. We are here, uh, as you can well see before you if you're with us live. Mister Ty Guy Travis is off in Canada, of all places, uh, at a wedding, and he tried to join us today, but he's just unable due to events that he cannot control. So I'm taking over the more formal look today, and I plan to argue with Hogue on about 94%, I think is the right calculation, of things that he says. So Sounds right. it should be a good time. Sounds right. I'm ready for it. I think you're on <laughs> mute, Hogue. I shouldn't no, I be on mute. No, he's good. I, he's are you on, on mute? I, can't I don't know. I can hear you. Okay. And... Well, I'm going to keep moving on for the time being. <laughs> That's going to make our arguments very different. Here. Yeah, it's going to be okay. really weird. <laughs> um, so let's uh <laughs> that threw me all off. I apologize, guys. Um Hogue, how you been, man? What's been going on? Well, you know, I'm doing all right. October is a fun month for anybody running a business and otherwise trying to engage with the weather in Michigan at long periods of time. It's now overcast, it's now chilly, but my Michigan Wolverines are still undefeated. Take that, Sparty, and I'm pretty much in good spirits. Yeah. I don't think AIDS can hear what I say. You can't so. hear what he's saying. This is crazy. <laughs> it's, 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 it's this terrible. Ah, all right. So now I think what's appropriate is that we discuss Ains, both his attire yeah. and demeanor, and whether or not he affords us any decent opinions with respect to video games, pop culture, sports, yes. or otherwise. Uh, Dan, what are your major issues with Ains? Uh, it's mostly his hair. Sure. The lack thereof. Yeah. Sure. I mean, we, we've all, you know, I mean, I kind of suffer from the same thing. But you know, well, you pull it off better. I think we can all agree that. I mean, yeah, I just don't do anything uh -huh. with uh -huh. it at all. Like, eventually, he's going to hear what we're talking about. I'm just I, waiting for that. Yeah, I'm just going to watch that. So, yeah, yeah. So th th this is why content <laughs> creation is always so much fun, as someone like Hogue will tell you, is that things never go to plan. It's so, the truth. yeah. So I have a Bluetooth headset, a, a good headset here that I was using, and it was fine. And then it disconnected, and I couldn't hear you. So then. I put that down. I went to the wires. As soon as I plugged the wire in, the Bluetooth reconnected to the other headset. Sure, that so makes sense. I'm sorting through it here. I've turned Bluetooth off entirely. We're going to go wired because that's reliable. And we're can you hear me like then? This. I can hear you guys now. Yes, thank fantastic. You. We were just, you know, basically talking about how much we loved you, things we liked about you. You right. know how it is. I'm sure yeah. that's exactly what was said. Um, mm -hmm. Perfect. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> fortunately, I have a lot of experience of dealing with tech failure. So I, uh, I have uh, ways that I, I go into launching things, generally insulting the person whose tech has failed. Uh, so that is that's the way to go. That's fair. Yeah, this is why I have the backup headset right here ready to go. Um, so Travis is not here. He did uh, write us a spiel in very uh, Travisy way that uh, I'm going to read to you to let you know why he is not here. So please uh, enjoy this. Uh, it, it fits him entirely. So 
He says, BitCast viewers, I apologize for my absence. As the sole reason you all watch every week, I always try my best to attend, even under the most dire of circumstances. Unfortunately, this week I find myself in the unenviable position of being at a wedding in Canada, but will be returning to the glorious United States as soon as technology and engineering allow. This past week I reviewed Ghostbusters, played some Sparks of Hope, Call of Duty, and more. I'm putting the finishing touches on my review of Sonic Frontiers, which I'll be able to discuss next week. Cool. I didn't know you were reviewing that. Ains, stop talking about Halo. Never. Dan, play some good games, you filthy casual. Unlikely to happen. Hogue, keep being the sole right-wing extremist member of Antifa. (laughs) 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 Eternally yours, Jester Travis Northam. Fair, fair. I mean, yeah, I find nothing wrong with any of that. That's, you know. Travis flavor in the morning. Yeah, little Travis. All right. I hope everyone in chat is doing well this morning. Sorry for the uh, hiccups and the the slow start here. But today we actually have quite a lot of games to talk about. It's that time of the year. Tons of game releases. uh, And we're actually, I think, playing kind of a good mix of things between uh, the four of us or three of us today. Um, But we're going to be talking about a lot of that, including, of course, Modern Warfare 2. I want to talk about a little game called Signalis that I posted about on Twitter earlier this week. Game called Entropy Center, which is coming out next week. We got Bayonetta 3 release, Ghostbusters, Spirits Unleashed. There's a lot of games to talk about. We're also going to touch on uh, our favorite Halloween games or favorite horror games. Dan probably be a little quiet for that one, but we'll talk about it anyway. <laughs> um, and we have uh, a couple pieces of news on other major games as well. So um, why don't we go ahead, guys? I'm going to hit this super chat really quick, this generous super chat we got right at the start of the show sure. before we get to the games we're currently playing. So wow. <clears throat> hit it, Dan. Rob Frawley, second, <laughs> with $20 yeah. Super Chat. Thank you very much. Uh, read last show, regarding last show, you know, we've gone through that already. Hogue, how do you feel about some games targeting 40 FPS for performance mode? 40 is the middle point between 30 and 60 when comparing frame time, which is the metric that actually matters. Hmm. Uh, so I, I'm always in favor of anybody shooting for anything higher than what they otherwise could hit, as long as it's consistent. Consistency generally seems to be the most important thing. And that's even between the 30 and the 60 in that debate. I will say, as I understand it, 40 plays better on that frame timing concept if you've got a TV that can support 120 frames per second. And so we're way beyond my technical capacities here. Uh, but that's that's my understanding of the situation, and my TVs don't do that. Uh, now, I will say, if you've got even a slight variation between, you know, 40, 50, somewhere in between 30 and 60, and you're unlocked, the, the variable refresh rates can help. Uh, I like all of those things. But anything that adds a level of smoothness to 30, I'm going to be in favor of. So generally speaking, if 40 works, uh, and I presume 120 frames uh, per second TVs are going to become kind of more of the norm, uh, then I think that's only going to help going through the generations. But for me right now, I think I'm mostly stuck at either unlocked with a variable refresh or 30 frames per second, uh, if that's what are the options that they give me. I didn't notice anything, for instance, on my non-120 megahertz TV for uh, Ratchet & Clank, I think has a 40 frames per second support. And I I didn't see any difference for what I, what I experienced. So I think it's great. More options for more people. Right now, my TVs don't have that magic power. Yeah, I think uh, someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they did a post update after launch for Horizon Forbidden West for the same mm. as well. 
Um, I, I believe anyway, and I know they're doing it for God of War, which we touched on last week for Ragnarok. Um, I will say, and I think I said it last week, but I will say that playing uh, Plague Tale in that setting, uh, as I think Lucius and a few others in the chat said, like the 40 FPS when you're playing it with variable refresh rate and you have that TV and hardware capable of that, it does feel closer to 60 than 30, which sounds weird numbers wise, like math. You look at the numbers, that doesn't seem right, but it, it does feel a lot smoother than you would expect a normal 30 FPS game to be. So uh, I'm going to actually try Ragnarok in that mode because it's native 4K um, and then the 40. But I can usually I play games in performance mode because I want the 60 or, or higher if possible. I, yeah, I can't think of a game when I haven't done that. Uh, out, out of the two options for the last two years, I don't know that I picked 30 on any of them. I think I picked 30 on Cyberpunk when it first released on console because yep. their 60 was a mess. Like if it's just not locking in at all, that's worse. I, swimming is bad. Uh, but as a choice, I don't think I've picked 30 on anything. That's one of the reasons I react as strongly as I do, which is like, <laughs> I don't care about your lens flares. I don't care about your ray traced windows. I if Give me the 60 and I will have a happier, better performance. So... Don't take that away. Yeah. Or else I'm going to comment on it. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually really curious to see. Uh, they're adding 100 F 120 FPS mode on Ragnarok. Uh, so I'm yeah. going to be doing some comparisons around how does that look compared to like the 4K 40 and the uh, up-resed 4K 60. So at least they, I mean, that's all we want, I think, on the console side, right? Is give us options. Like That's all I want. Yeah, I, I said that when I, even when I was complaining about it, it's like, look, I get it. Screenshots. You guys want to play with the hottest tech. That's one of the reasons you're in the business. I get it. You go make your 30 frames per second version, but also just make sure just like you were making a PC game that I can roll it back to a 60 frames per second version. Yep. That's it. Agreed. Agreed. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate the super chat, man. Thank you as always. All right. Um, so guys, uh, the big, monster game of the year whether uh as we've joked before whether you like it or not it, it's just that's what it is is modern warfare 2 oh i thought, uh, you were gonna, I thought this was gonna be an elden ring segment for a second here i didn't know well, why we were I going mean, back to that I, i'm happy to <laughs> would you like me to <laughs> we can bring that up in halloween because i think it's got a halloween vibe <laughs> um but modern warfare 2 is here um it is uh it, the early numbers on it are already absurd uh if you didn't see for example that on the first day it broke all prior records of um, concurrent players on uh, Steam um, for prior Call of Duties. In fact, it nearly doubled Modern Warfare 2019. It had nearly 300,000 concurrent on day one, um, and that number has only continued to go up. Um, so it uh, the sales are going to be, I'm telling you right now, they're going to be astronomical. And then uh, Warzone hits in a couple weeks, which uh, I'm actually reviewing, um, and we'll be talking more about that in the future. Um, That's a second version of Warzone? That's like a full refresh? Yeah, well, okay. the whole Warzone 2, it's like Overwatch 2. It's like, why why didn't we just evolve? You know, I, I don't, the 2's weird. But uh, yeah, essentially the reason they did that is because it's like a reboot to your point of Warzone in that it is, um, it's a new map, it's kind of new mechanics, and it's going to tie fully in with Modern Warfare 2 uh, in the guns, the unlocks, the menus. It, it's a full kind of uh, tie together. So you go with the one that's super, super popular. I can't blame you for that. Actually. True. That's true. Um, so Modern Warfare 2. Now, I, I haven't played campaign yet. As you guys know, I was traveling last week, super busy. I got home. Work was ridiculous. And uh, so really all I have played is the multiplayer. But um, as the kind of competitive MP guy, typically talking about it on this panel, um, 
I will say that uh, I'm having a good time to just to give you some context. I am not the biggest Call of Duty guy, so I buy it every two to three years. Uh, I typically like the Infinity Ward ones better. Um, and uh, but I, you know, I, I've played obviously thousands of hours of Call of Duty over my my lifetime because I've played them all since the beginning uh, to a degree, like I said. So um, it is uh, the things I'm liking about it is one, it has 120 FPS mode. There you go. Um, so it's very smooth. The gameplay is very smooth and solid. Um, I haven't had anything where like, um, you know, I'm complaining about frame rate or I'm complaining about hitches in the game. Nothing like that. Like you can get into a game pretty quickly and it's, it's very fast and intense, just like the beta was kill times are very short. Uh, you have to be very, it's very twitchy, right? You have to be very fast on the trigger. Um, but it has a lot of modes, you know, it has something like nine or 10, six V six modes. Then it has, uh ground war it has invasion has kind of big team modes as well that you can play obviously campaigns tied in there as well um there's just a lot to do and there's a ton of unlocks the whole gunsmith system is very deep um so there's a lot of different weaponry and attachments and camos if you're if you're one of those players that likes to play a multiplayer game and just continually feel like you're progressing towards something even if it's generally meaningless you just feel like you're getting unlocks you know like that carrot on the stick type thing mm -hmm. um this is a perfect example of what Call of Duty does well. Uh, the other thing I would say about it, if you're going in as a, if you're a hardcore Call of Duty guy, I've seen a lot of the pro players because some of the pro Halo players play Call of Duty and I, I kind of listen to what they say, uh, complain about the maps. Now, the interesting thing here is I am, I think, in the minority, I think, where Call of Duty maps typically annoy me. So if you know anything about Call of Duty map design, it's three lane design where you have kind of a square arena and there's three paths through the map, left, right, center, right? And they design little pathways to do that. But the entire design methodology around it is to keep continuous engagement. So you can flip spawns back and forth. People are always running at each other, and they're always engaging, right? It keeps action very fast. The thing I don't like about that is it really limits the way you engage with other players on the map because you have to go down these three lanes always. There's no other option, typically, in a lot of Call of Duty maps. In this game... Uh, some of the maps are like that. They're still very traditional three-lane maps. Um, but there, there's a little more variety in some of the layouts and engagements. Some of the maps are a little bigger. Some of the maps are a little more open with longer sight lines. Um, and I like that. A lot of Call of Duty players don't. So that's going <laughs> to be a personal kind of preference thing. But I like it because I think it allows you to really kind of explore the sandbox a little more with snipers or DMRs. Or I say DMR. Halo always comes out. Battle rifles or mar marksman rifles. Um, rather than just, you know, continually running at full speed with an SMG around every corner, which you can still do, of course, it's Call of Duty. Um, so I don't know, I'm enjoying it. Um, there have been a lot of issues. Uh, I'm sure people have seen on Twitter. So on the first tech night, tech uh, connection wise. So like, okay. for instance, the first night, which they, they did put a patch in within a day. So credit to Infinity Ward. Um, but when you were partied up with more than two, so if you had three or four or anyone else, right, you would constantly get disconnected while trying to join a match. So you would either get dashboarded, and this is on all platforms, by the way, not one specific one. You would get dashboarded or you would get sent back to the lobby and you couldn't connect. So that was very frustrating on Friday night. They fixed that primarily yesterday, um, but there's still a lot of little issues. Like, for instance, sometimes your loadouts disappear. So you go to customize your gun and your equipment and stuff, and it's just not there. It, it defaults. You can't customize your operator or your emblem or your calling card or your kind of personal stuff. Like it doesn't save. Uh, I have I I've been the same guy with the same emblem since start. I can't change it. 
Um, so there's there's little things like that that have been annoyances, uh, which are kind of surprising because Call of Duty is a yearly franchise and they share a lot of the same tech and kind of development. And you you would figure that stuff would be smooth, but um, Activision's had a weird couple years. True, true, and they're and they're evolving their engine, and there's different. You know, there's eight studios that worked on this across. Warzone and, and Modern Warfare 2. And I always love the credits on a Call of Duty game. <laughs> 94 minutes long. Um, but, uh, you know, so anyway, that, that's been my experience. Uh, Elu's in the chat. We were playing last night till late in the morning, which is why I'm tired this morning. And, ah. uh, and uh, you know, it's a lot of people playing it. Like I said, it's a very popular game. But if you enjoy Call of Duty, you enjoy the fast-paced, run-and-gun, unlock stuff, shoot people quickly, um, this is going to be a huge game. Absolutely huge. Yeah. Well, I have no doubt. It's certainly the numbers that you just said, which I hadn't seen, are amazing. 300, yes. 400,000 concurrents, whatever. Um, I I will say this. Even on stuff that isn't important, emblems and, and things like that, I always do get a first impression of like whether it's broken or not when I play a game. And that sounds a little bit like it might cross the line for me of connection <laughs> issues and <laughs> emblems not working and loadouts gone. Just to feel like it's not fully solid. Uh, and I'm sure they'll fix that very quickly. Yeah. Um, so it's not anything I would hold against it for long. But I, I always hate that feeling of oh, this this feels like a jalopy that just came out and and getting yeah. it done, even if the the experience of playing it is 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 good. Now I have to say, I I don't love the kind of charnel arena that is uh, Call of Duty. The TPK <laughs> the two seconds and run out and maybe get somebody and then die and then die and then die and then hit somebody, hit somebody. And then you're hit by a helicopter or whatever. Uh, it's not, it's not really my, uh, my thing. I actually prefer, I know I get a lot of crap for this on my opinions on Halo Infinite. I prefer Halo. I prefer a longer time to kill. Um, you're a good man, Hogue. You're a good man. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it, it's just what I like better. I, I feel like it's a little bit, I don't know if it if it's really this, but it feels like it requires a little bit more skill to hold on somebody as they're bouncing around and things I like that. I already said you're a good man. You don't have to keep going. I mean, yeah, no, I'm. Just, I, this is just my preference. I'm not trying to. <laughs> I'm just. Not, I'm not trying to gild the lily. I, Call of Duty is popular for a reason, and that's because it's big, very it's bombastic. Uh, it 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 has things that you can engage with very quickly. Um, I'm not going to be buying it. I mean, I'm like I'm I'm bad for a panel like this one for what is undoubtedly going to be the highest selling game of the year, but. I don't have I, I feel like I modern warfare as a genre was covered for me from the original modern warfares uh, and I don't have a reason to go back. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Fair. It, sorry, Dan. Go ahead. No, you know, I was gonna say aside from the campaign, which I would love to try out. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. And that, and that would be it because when I played it, I mean, this used to be my game when I did play multiplayer and this is where I started out with uh, call of duty three. And then, in the modern warfare and that was kind of my uh entry into the online yeah. gaming really that, that wasn't like pc like unreal tournament and stuff like that but um so it, i mean it was great and we had like a whole clan we had you know the whole nine yards and it was super fun i was a little bit younger my reflexes were a little bit better we used to play hardcore mode pretty much exclusively uh, <laughs> and it was that that was that was our stuff and then uh the sweats came uh, the I got. Uh oh, I, what a perfect photo of it! <laughs> the, everything else oh, kind of, okay. um, and and uh, yeah, it's it's it's. it's... 
All right. So technical issues are going to be the name um, of the game folks today. Folks don't want us to talk about anything on this, on this podcast. <laughs> Dan, you're you're breaking up significantly. Whoa. Yeah. Um, really? Yeah. Stop yeah. downloading Call of Duty right now, man. You got to yeah, pause that yeah. download. Yeah, like I can see, like okay, I don't know if you can hear me, but yes. like your 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 mouths are not matching up to your voices. Mm. I don't understand. <laughs> I can assure you that mine uh, is in real life. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. In Here, fact, let me, uh, let me do this real quick. I'm going to leave and then jump back in. Sure. Okay. That? No All worries. Right. I'll, I'll comment on what Dan said, which is uh, one of the big conversations that came up. It was even trending in the gaming arena on Twitter this week was skill-based matchmaking um, because of Call of Duty. Now, this has been a conversation point for many years across competitive shooters. But, you know, when a giant Call of Duty release comes out and, and has it, it becomes a focal point. And I know some big streamers were talking about it. So it, it you know, it even becomes a bigger conversation. But yes, Modern Warfare 2, like pretty much most competitive shooters, including Call of Duty for the past 15 plus years, uses skill-based matchmaking. Um, so uh, I won't go on a rant about that. I think the people who don't like skill-based matchmaking are uh, odd. <laughs> um, I think they just want to be put into games where they can dominate every game, and that's fun to them. Um, but I mean, generally speaking, you know, it makes sense. Generally speaking, it makes sense to try and pit similarly skilled players against one another. I mean, that's the goal of skill-based matchmaking. So, um, to Dan's point, um, it is competitive. Um, it is competitive at your level pretty typically. Um, and, uh, there are, I also want to comment that there are some things missing that you would not expect from a Call of Duty launch, going back to what you said, Hogue, about, um, kind of rushing out the door and i one of the things i really find about uh interesting about releases like call of duty like the maddens of the world right those games that have to release every year because it's been mandated that that's what they're going to do is um is that they will things get scrapped late because they can't have it completed for launch right so for instance this game and i see joshua ford in the chat talking about it and dan mentioned it too which is hardcore so uh, i don't think hardcore is in the game right now um yeah. that i've seen anyway if it is i'm i'm you can oh, tell I didn't realize that. Hardcore is not in the game. There is there is no combat record. There's no stats. There's no you can't see <laughs> you can't see anything of what you've done in the game of what you've done in the game. There's no profile, nothing about what you've played. Did they kick you off to a website? Are they doing like a website thing? They Anything don't have stats at all. No, none, none. You can use like uh, I I believe, and anyone feel free. Like I said in the chat or listening to this to comment, and let me know if I'm wrong. But I, I was looking this up yesterday because. Halo faced the same issue. I'm not picking on Call of Duty here. Um, now, Halo has everything on Halo Waypoint. That's all been updated and stuff. But there's there are uh, groups out there that connect their own APIs to some of these games and provide stats. So, for instance, if you go to, like, Tracker GG, which is an app you can download, you can track your stats across a whole bunch of different competitive games, including Halo, Call of Duty, etc. But with strict, strictly speaking, within the game, there's nothing. There's no combat record. You can't find any of it. That's remarkable, uh, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, there is no, uh, there's little things like my, I, I've got a few friends who play Call of Duty religiously every year. This is their game. And I was playing with them yesterday and they're like, uh, you know, you can't even tune your reticles right now. For instance, you used to be able to pick your reticle shape and, sure. you know, and color and all you can't do. Like none the of options, that's in the game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, none of that's in there. So, so there's, they, got the, they got the pizza out of the oven, but it's got no toppings. You got a, you got, <laughs> you got a pizza. You're ready to go, but. Yeah, yeah. I, look, I, I and I don't want to like overly emphasize like all of that stuff necessarily because if the game works, the game works. But that's the kind of stuff that would definitely start to bug me, especially the stats. Like I, you know, 
I, I'm not great at these games. Uh, they are the definitive reason why Twitch is called Twitch, uh, Call of Duty. And I, I'm not good at them, but I like to see how I did the last 10 matches. I like to see if I could make those numbers move around and get better and practice. I like to see heat maps. Um, yeah, I, that would yeah. that would bug me. I, I yeah. mean, I wasn't buying it anyway, so you didn't lose a sale or anything. <laughs> uh, Gaming Forte, good to see you in the chat, man. He said it's coming with Season 1 in November, so it looks like they got this out. I think Season 1, they're starting in coordination with Warzone, like I said, so November okay. 16th. So maybe when the Battle Pass goes live, and Warzone goes live. Maybe they're adding some of this other stuff. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's it's, like it's pretty preseason. Yeah, it's kind of pretty basic right now in terms of those features that you would expect. And okay. it's funny because I was talking to um, I know uh, Tyler Owens, who is a developer at Respawn, who I've talked to. Okay. Uh, he's also worked on Halo. He's he, he's pretty big on Twitter and, and the community in terms of multiplayer and talking about these things. But he was talking about, because some of us were saying how, you know, we used to be able to get kind of every stat you could ever think of for the old Halos, Call of Duties, et cetera, especially online. And they would have heat maps of every map, right? And you could, you just, if you were kind of a detail nerd, which I am, um, you could dive into it. And a lot of that is uh, sadly not there nowadays. And he basically was kind of pointing out, uh, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but to the effect of like, players generally don't understand um, how much more complex developing a, a cross-play shooter is today than it was even five, ten years ago. Um, and, uh, you know, which is fine. And we've talked about that at length, right? Like, I think that, I don't think it's an excuse. I think it's just context to say that, like, there's so much to do when it comes to, like, developing a game for six platforms that is also cross-play and cross-progression and cross-save that sadly these studios just haven't caught up with being able to do all of that while still providing all these other kind of niceties. Um, so it's a it's another well, conversation. With Call of Duty, it's like it's hard to imagine any functional game publisher putting more resources at it. <laughs> right. so my, my, my concern is, like, if that's really true, let's just give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Uh, that's scary because... Yeah. I, how many people work on Call of Duty? Like eight, yeah. eight studios. Well, eleven. I think it's eleven total. I, I, I've always loved man. the Call of Duty like logos coming up. I've always enjoyed basically every Ubisoft games logos coming up, which is like Ubisoft and then a selection of eleven cities from around the world that just come up over the course of three minutes. I love those. I'm glad that they are collaborating and having this kind of resources put into game. But if it's still like, well, we couldn't we couldn't get enough behind it to actually have like a stat screen. I don't know. Reevaluate your premises. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. So I think Nick said uh, Call of Duty updates November 16th as well. So it looks like season one will kick off with Warzone and, and the <clears throat> Battle Pass, like we said. Um, the only thing that uh, last thing on Call of Duty is um, the one thing that annoys me. Uh, some others may like it, of course, is that apparently Warzone 2, unlike the first Warzone, well, not unlike the first Warzone, but typical Battle Royale, right, is it's uh, you land, loot, and then fight and survive, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, all of your loot comes within the map, whereas from what I'm understanding, um, a lot of the unlocks that you'll have for guns and weaponry and camos and all those other things will have a role in Warzone 2. So it's, it's like I said, it's more of a full integration of kind of a profile-wide Call of Duty experience with Warzone 2. Um, I'm interested to see what they do. Yeah. But I'm pumped for it. Warzone 2, honestly, like, um, is going to be a huge thing for me. I'll probably put several hundred hours, if not more, into that. Um, it honestly wouldn't surprise me if there's more resources on Warzone than there are for Call of Duty proper at Activision. Makes a lot of money. Yeah. Warzone makes a lot of money. <laughs> Too much. So, yep. So, anyway, that's Modern Warfare 2. I will... Um, 
I will speak uh, more about the campaign when I actually have time to play it. I know that uh, most people seem to really enjoy the campaign. IGN got crap for giving it a six. Uh, you know how that. No, 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 no. IGN didn't. I don't blame IGN. Except oh, I don't for the blame fact IGN they, either. They contract out for these crazy reviewers, right? Now every six that I've seen from IGN has just been ridiculous. We've got Ghostbusters. We've got Gotham <laughs> Knights. We got Call of Duty's single player campaign. I'm obviously just kidding because our friend and comrade can't defend himself today. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea whether Call of Duty's campaign deserves a six or a four or an eight, uh, <laughs> but uh, the, the IGN has been rolling sixes all month. Yeah, a lot of games are okay. Just okay. <laughs> so uh, Mr. Travis's review of Ghostbusters Unleashed, I'll segue us here, yes. uh, is up on IGN. He did give that a six as well. Um, and we can do that as the what are you playing because he convinced me to buy it with his sixth review. Exactly. So this is why reading the full review is important. Uh, but Hogue, I'm going to let you touch on it because I have not played that game. So how Sure. Well, I'm a big Ghostbusters fan. So you got to put the tilt in. And Travis basically says, are you a big Ghostbusters fan? This is going to be fine. <laughs> like he's got, a, he's got a paragraph that's like, do you just love firehouses and, uh, and busting ghosts? So I said, I do, Travis. Talk to me more. Um, and uh, <laughs> so... Uh, Travis is really good. He's an excellent reviewer. I, I don't anybody relay this to him when he comes back to the channel. Uh, okay. I don't want him to know this was said about him while he busy burns his eyes out looking at mountains and wildlife up in the, uh, up in the Northern Canada area. So he says, if you like Ghostbusters, that's going to help. That makes sense. And then he further says essentially uh, that you can have a great deal of fun with this until you get to like hour 20 or 15 or whatever he says. I am very unlikely to ever play this $40 Ghostbusters game to hour 15. That's just not how I roll. <laughs> so I said, okay, now we can take this into account. And he talks about how wonderful it is to actually cooperate and get these things done. And uh, that it's got a lot of uh, a lot of things to aim for, right? You were talking about Call of Duty. It's got a lot of ghost types. It's got a lot of different qualities that they can have. It's got a lot of uh, tech and, and upgrades that you're constantly doing. So it's, it's built to be something that has that kind of, um, you know, uh, psychological drive. And it's, you know, it's it's a budget game and it's Ghostbusters and I've played it and I have to say it's wonderful. I actually really like it. It's very short. I, I thought they'd be like 20 minute kind of fights uh, and they're actually more like five uh, or, or, or 10. Uh, and uh, you can play as the Ghostbusters uh, and they have the technology you'd expect. You have to use your proton packs uh, and you have to use your traps and things like that. But you can also play as the ghost. So it's an asymmetric game. Uh, it actually reminds me like a little bit of like an Evolve. If you remember Evolve, which I absolutely yeah. adored for the five seconds it was working uh, <laughs> with the number of people that it uh, it had. That's some of my happiest kind of collaborative gaming <laughs> memories was Evolve. I, it's, it's wild, but I have such I had a couple of just wonderful games of that. Ghostbusters feels like it could get there. I am terrible as a ghost which is very amusing to me because Travis goes out of his way in his article to say, well, ghosts are way overpowered. You can't lose as a ghost. I've never won. I've never won. <laughs> I wanted to, I almost DM Travis and be like, bro, can you, uh, can you help me out? Cause it's like, uh, what? It's like, it's probably been balanced since Travis was playing. I mean, that's, that's always an issue when you're talking about review copies, but uh, I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, it. It is quick. It is snappy. It's perfect for October. Uh, and it's, it's relatively simple. I mean, I think one of the main criticisms Travis winds up having is like, yeah, you play 12 or 15 hours and like, that's it. That's it's Ghostbusters. That, that's what it is. Uh, but as a guy that has played basically four years of dead by daylight, uh, this is a perfectly happy thing to add to it. 
Also, I downloaded Day by Daylight and have been playing it because it's October, folks. <laughs> so I really like oh, it. I, I like it, but I don't know that six is wrong. Again, I think just in terms of our disposition, I tend to go a little higher than Travis. Yeah. So maybe a seven for me. But um, I think it's I think it's basically right, and it's it's budget, and it's it feels like Ghostbusters. It's very smooth on the Xbox Series X, uh, cool. and I, it's thoroughly enjoyable. Very cool. Yeah, yeah I haven't played it. A- I'm not a big asymmetrical uh, uh, fan of those games. They don't do it for me. But I've heard generally pretty good things about the game, uh, and I've heard what exactly what you said. I've heard other echo other people echo, which is uh, it pays. Good homage to uh, the Ghostbusters. IP really as a whole. fully invested in the IP, which is like one of my favorite things. If you're going to license something, you're paying them a cut of your profits. Use the darn thing. Yeah. Uh, and it uses Ghostbusters to great effect. Okay. So it's not an Aliens mm. Colonial Marine situation. It is not. It is not. No, it is It is a loving homage to Ghostbusters. Uh, and I, and also maybe Ghostbusters, the animated series. I mean, like it's it's got that feel to it as well. The it's classic thoroughly- one? Uh, the, yeah, the, the old, the real Ghostbusters, I think is what it's called back in the eighties. Oh yeah. Um, so it's got a little bit of that. I, I think anytime that you're going to make new ghosts, you kind of go into that because that affords you more creativity than just what was appearing in the movies. Um, and you get some of that, but it's got, I love that. I love a four V one asymmetric game. I love dead by daylight. Um, and Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters is fun, but you do have, oh. but what do you call them, Dan? The sweats. You do have the occasional, mm-hmm. like all 90 level Ghostbusters team and your little, your little ghost. And they're like, what are you even doing, bro? <laughs> they capture you in 45 seconds. <laughs> you're just gone. You're like, Oh, okay. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so it is a little tricky to learn. Uh, and then I'll only get worse, which will only make the audience worse. And if you're interested in it at all, I recommend getting it now. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. That's cool. I've heard, uh, I've heard good things. So that's good. That's good. Um, so I want to talk about a little game called Signalis. Uh, which is a game uh, by a small studio. I think it's Rose Studio. I'm going off of memory here. Um, But it's a little indie game. It released this week. It is also released on Game Pass if you want to give it, if you're a Game Pass subscriber and want to just give it a shot. Uh, It's a pixel game. So it's got kind of that old school, I say like PS1 look to it. Oh, Dan's definitely out. Definitely. Because it's a. Convince me. It's a PS1 looking pixel survival horror game in the vein of classic kind of resident evil i was gonna say like alone in the dark type thing okay yeah but it's it's top down 2d so it's like top an, down like isometric isometric okay um so you it's very kind of mysterious i'm not super far i want to say i maybe have two two and a half hours in it something like that right now um but it, you basically uh, land on this kind of center. It looks to be in the future, like you're in space on a, a planet or an asteroid or somewhere. And things have gone horribly wrong. Imagine dead space in 2D what? pixel. All form. these labs are always having problems and things go horribly <laughs> wrong. I want the video game. Hear me, developers. I want the game where everything is fine. You're just researching science, exploring the outer realms of knowledge of humanity, and everything's cool. Yeah, yeah. Godspeed to you on that one. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, it, it's interesting. It is very much a uh, kind of you go, you scroll room to room, and there's different rooms. You need different keys to get into different areas that you find. And, you know, combat is very simple so far anyway, where it's kind of point and shoot, um, finish off the enemies, and then uh, you're just kind of unlocking the mystery as you go. And every once in a while, I would say I've had two or three of them so far, you go into like a first-person section for a second or not a second but you know a few minutes 
where you kind of discover something new and it gives you these weird kind of flashbacks. Think Returnal, where you get those flashbacks of kind of like exposition and you're like, what, what is this? What is this tied what to? What in the world are you even seeing in Returnal? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's like that. But again, pixel PS1 style. Um, so it, um, it's just intriguing, right? It's something different. It, I want to see it. It's kind of latched onto me to say, you want to see what this is leading towards. That's so, good. You get that cool. kind of moment of mystery and inciting event is good. What platforms? Uh, I think it's on all, but it is on game pass. So if you just want to play it without, uh, speaking you know, my language, James. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's on game pass. I, uh, I got a code for it a few days before launch. Uh, to review, but I just again, I, like I said this week, time wise has been ridiculous. So I'm still uh, kind of playing through it, and I'll talk more about it next week once I uh, either finish it or have more time in it. But I would just, you know, if you if you like that type of game and uh, you want something a little mysterious, a little different, a little Halloweeny, uh, check it out. Halloweeny. Uh, I I like it. I, I I am now intrigued. You've you've got you've peaked with a cue, my interest. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm curious to see where it goes. Yeah. So. I will definitely check that out. Actually, just you describing it kind of going into first person from time to time reminded me of a game. Here, here you go, chat. Good luck on this one that I really, really loved back on the uh, Dreamcast, I think it was, uh, called Enemy Zero. Does anybody remember Enemy Zero? That no? sounds vaguely familiar. That's from the old uh, studio that did like the D games. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. D? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh-huh. D, I remember. Sure. There you go, Dan. D is for yeah. Dan. Yep, that's uh, the reason I remember it. And uh, Enemy Zero had you on a kind of science fiction setting, uh, identifying, uh, well, I, spoilers? I, it was a Saturn game. Saturn. I, I wanted to say Saturn, but I wasn't willing to commit to anything being on the Saturn. <laughs> uh, so I played it on the Saturn, and it is uh, just a wonderful, haunting kind of horror game. And the main trick is that the enemy is invisible. And you can only kind of see it with like an almost aliens-esque radar thing as you try to avoid it walking through the halls. Uh, And uh, it was wonderful. And it had some of like the saddest, like most profoundly existential moments that I can remember uh, back in the day. So go see if you can run that somewhere, folks. Enemy Zero. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, 1996. It says here really quickly. uh, Popcorn and Timely. The designer, Kenji Ino, said, I wanted to ask the question, why do human beings exist? That's why the game evolved into something with an enclosed space and invisible enemies so that you can, you were forced to think about your own existence. It literally does, by the way. That that sounds up its own butt, and it is. Right? It is. But, <laughs> way up there. But I will say that it actually does present the question, like a game like Soma, which is easier to access now, uh, about existence and concepts like that in a way that was, at least for young teenage me, uh, very, uh, very interesting. Also, terrifying. They're invisible. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be weird. That'd be weird. Um, anyway, the last thing I want to mention, uh, at least on the list, unless you guys have something else, of course, is uh, good old Bayonetta three. So, yes. uh, and just so I will just remind me that I do have at least one more on the list. But yeah, let's talk about Bayonetta three. Okay. Well, I don't have much to say other than obviously the whole. Is it Helena? Helena Taylor. Uh, Helena Taylor. Yeah. The whole, de- <laughs> the whole debacle <laughs> this week. So the game is out. Um, it got rave reviews. It's it nearly, a, it's nearly like a 90 Metacritic. Um, mm. So I'm not playing it. It's not my type of game. But I didn't know if you guys were playing it or wanted to uh, to talk about it at all. 
Well, so, you know, I've covered it a lot in virtual legality. Yeah. Um, and honestly, there was space to do a fourth video. And I was like, no, I'm ending it. It's a trilogy. We're not going to go for fourth. We're not going to Indiana Jones this thing. Uh, but it, uh, it looks good. I These kinds of action games always feel to me kind of trapped on the Switch hardware. And I know Nintendo paid for it. I get it, Nintendo. But I look at it and it's like, well, it's smooth. It looks fine. It's like, even when I watch it, it's like, oh, man, do I wish that that wasn't, that wasn't on Switch. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sorry, Nintendo. I'm not going to be buying it until it's on sale, which it will be at some point. Uh, but uh, good for you for making something cool and for you know trying to serve more uh, audiences on your platform uh, than just kind of cute Mario games, which I love. Uh, so I, I think it's great that people have those options. I, you can see it kind of its resolution dissolving uh, like Xenoblade, even as you watch the clips of it. So it's rough, man. I bought three copies and then donated them to her charities. Uh, I think that's what we were supposed to do. Right? Yes, that's what she okay. said, actually. And, a, and an extra right. check to directly to Platinum. Yes, yeah. that's oh what I did. So, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to stay on that train. Yeah. No, not, with Helen and Taylor, you see what the effects of like a bad apple for rhetoric is, right? There's a point to be had that we can examine the value that people get in various jobs and roles and making the video games that we love. And then you have someone there that is clearly deceitful and, and, and passing half-truths and untruths in order to either make a point or self-aggrandize. And you can see how it poisons the well for that conversation. Um, and I think that's a bummer because I, I think having more of those conversations is great. But like, I, like I, I, I've covered her in videos. I've watched all her statements. I did an article on it. And I, it's like, nope, you're, you ruined it. You ruined it yeah, for now. Yeah. We're going to wait for the next window. Yeah, what it sucks because it sets back a lot of, of these actually important social, you know, uh, things that are going on. I mean, it, it's 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 really kind of a bummer. I mean, we, we need evidence sometimes with you know. It's it's hard to go out and just throw stuff out there. I mean, you're a lawyer, you know about evidence. So I, people jump on it too much, right? I mean, like yeah. that's why the first video exists. The first yeah, video doesn't sucks. have the Bloomberg article, doesn't have Jason talking, doesn't have right. anything. It just says there are way too many holes in these statements, and here they are. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Don't take yeah. it on faith. Let's see what happens, which is right. half, roughly half of virtual legality episodes as a genre is like, whoa, <laughs> hold. <laughs> what do we actually know? Exactly. Uh, and, and going from there. And it's it was unfortunate. I would never would have guessed it was like that far off of reality when I started. But it was, yeah, no. When, when you say this is an unacceptable amount and all I asked for was a fair wage, it's like, well, hold, pause. Um, yeah. <laughs> if we're using numbers, we're using numbers. Uh, you can't just skip what you asked for. And so you go through yep. that. It's it's clear that I I, I would argue that the, the I, I don't think she's deliberately being uh, a terrible person. I think there's an emotionality attached to sure. to the role for her. Uh, I think yep. that's what happened. And I get that as a as a human being. I'm sympathetic. But my <clears throat> God, did you poison the well? Yeah. yeah, the the approach was atrocious. Um, yeah. And it's a shame because, as RGH, I think, said in the chat is, uh, you know, there is. There is an ongoing important conversation around compensation, you know, for, yeah, for roles in video games and, and acting and whatever else it may be right in the space. As uh, I think what what I didn't realize, which actually this was brought up because of this ridiculous conversation, is some of the uh, the voice actors in Japanese studios or Japanese games, for whatever reason, uh, there was a few examples given uh, of, of paperwork and whatnot of, uh, you know, some of the roles being paid wages, which just sound crazy low to me so i think that's a very important conversation but good lord like 
yeah, the way she approached it and the and what she set out to do was just a mess. Mm-hmm. And and Great. then that 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 makes the conversation harder. Then right? Um, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, because you know, then then you've got people like ah, you know, they just kind of you go from one end to complete dis- disregarding it. Well, the people that are bad actors in and of themselves who don't want to have the conversation at all now have an, an extra arrow in their quiver. You see that deployed on the Internet. Oh, they're just lying whiners or whatever. You have, the, you have the other problem, which is that the numbers on their own sound high for anybody that's, uh, you know, uh, on a factory line somewhere or, or bagging groceries where you're talking about an hour and she says 250 isn't enough. I mean, so you're already having that conversation, which it might not be enough for this kind of art that makes as much money as it does or doesn't depending on bayonetta is you know she says it's 450 million dollars as a franchise I was like i i'm gonna need some receipts because bayonetta has always kind of been that tv show that's con- on the edge of cancellation uh because it's not really funding the studio terribly well uh and you just and then when you have good faith actors you know ign put up a whole article in like the last two or three days about like let's talk about voice acting i even me i'm like no no read the room I'm not interested in having this conversation right now, right? It's like, because IGN says, well, this was a messy situation from uh, Helena Taylor and Bayonetta, but let's talk about the specifics. It's like, nope, it's not the entry point I'm interested in. Yeah, and I don't know. Off. Yeah, it's, uh, so I, I think she she burned it for at least a little while. Now, what's interesting about that is that the union contracts, the, the, the schedules that they have set up, uh, they end November 7th, I want to say. Uh, and so- I don't know what's going to happen with respect to those. We might be looking at a voice actor strike again. Oh boy. Yeah. It's uh well, there you go. Nothing more to really add on that. I think, I think everyone's tired to, to our point, right? I think everyone's tired. I'm glad of hearing it's a great game. I, I sincerely am glad it's a great game. I wish it wasn't constrained by some of the tech. Yes. Comple- completely agree. Yeah. Um, I, like I said, not even the type of game for me, but if I was going to play a, a hardcore kind of fast-paced action game, which those are reportedly, as I understand it, um, the last <laughs> hardware I want to play it on is the Switch. Like, yeah, that's the unfortunate part. Yeah, that is I'd the want- absolute unfortunate part. But yeah, I mean, if, if you've played Devil May Cry, it's been it is Devil May Cry. Right. I mean, it's the same kind of game. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Like Final Fantasy 16. Apparently. <laughs> apparently, we'll see. I don't. It's it. What is useful to me about next year, and I was reminded of this. Is like I've got Uden Chronicles, I've got the two Suikoden remasters. Those yes. are probably I got Octopath Traveler too. If you had told me ever in my life that there would be a year where Final Fantasy is coming out and it's like fourth or fifth or tenth on JRPGs that I'd be interested in, I would not have believed you. But it's like you guys can go and try to find that market. What I worry about for you, Square, is that you give me up. And, and my market and you don't gain devil may cry's market because you're still freaking weird you're still <laughs> final fantasy people watch that trailer and go that's weird uh yeah so we'll see we'll see how it goes for them i wish them all the success in the world it's probably not going to be with me evangel- uh, evangelizing for what their game is yeah uh, now what i will evangelize for is the game i did want to mention ains which is as a filthy casual i know travis gave that appellation to dan but i will take it for this i am really liking playing marvel snap oh good let's, so someone let's in the talk, chat talk about snap about have okay. any of you played it no but we I don't do even know what it is so. it's on your <laughs> phone download it right now no, then no absolutely not download it right now dan can't do it. So, so we have, uh, in all seriousness, uh, someone that I think it was RJH in the chat asked about it. Uh, we did have a review of Marvel Snap go up last week. 
our reviewer is a huge, huge Hearthstone fan. Um, and he put a lot of time in a snap and he really enjoyed it. Um, so, uh, Hogue, you can obviously tell us yours. He gave it an eight. I think it's an eight. Yeah, I, I think it is. Uh, snap is real good. Yo, that is, uh, <laughs> that is my technical review. Uh, it is, uh, it, it's Hearthstone esque, right? So what you're yeah. doing is you're collecting, um, what look like little magazine covers, but they are characters in the Marvel universe as well as variants. Uh, and you have a deck of, I believe it's 12 cards, which is like nothing, very easy to put together. It's got those kind of um, mana costs in the quarter, and then they have an attack power, and they do something special, most of them. Some of them are blank. Uh, and you put that deck together, and then you have what amounts to like three or four-minute matches with another player. You got three locations, player that wins two out of the three, or, or all three, uh, wins the match, and you can have up to four people at any given spot. And uh, as you go along, you're collecting bonuses to improve uh, the visuals of your character. So they have two that I can see right now, which is it's got a standard card and then it's got a card that frame breaks. So they come out at the edges, which is cool. And then on that third upgrade, you have it turn 3D. Uh, and those are both visually cool. And that's also one of the major kind of metrics for how, uh, uh, how your progress is being evaluated. Um, and that, uh, that collector's stat, that collector's level gets you more variants and more cards and more boosters and what have you. And, uh, you just, you just play it. It's got dailies and weeklies and all the normal stuff. Uh, and it's got, um, it's, it's kind of got a battle pass. See, battle pass is interesting to me, um, kind of from a philosophical level. I don't consider it a true battle pass if it doesn't at the front end have like a, like an XP bonus, like something that encourages you to buy in at the front. So it instead uses the model where it's like everything is normal. You can, it's not holding back missions. You can do everything to gain that experience for that season pass. And then you can evaluate it at the end, whether you earned enough for the $10, right? So there's no reason to actually buy into it early. You can just evaluate the thing. And so I suspect it's going to make a lot of money. Uh, and I suspect it is going to be something that I can play for free, give or take. Um, and it's great. For what I like mobile to be, Dan, which is, uh, oh, that coach took a ridiculous timeout. What can I squeeze in in this commercial break where they try to sell me car insurance? Uh, <laughs> and I can play a game of Marvel Snap. I played like 10 during the Michigan game last night. And that is that is exactly what I'm looking for a mobile game to do. Uh, and so, you know, I probably will spend some money on it for something that makes sense in the future. Nothing right now uh, because I, I like it. It's flashy. So all of the cards that you use, it's just a card game, right? You're just putting cards in locations, but like the Ant-Man card shrinks as you touch it. The, oh, Cyclops, cool. the Cyclops card, as you hold it, fires off a red beam. Um, all these various cards have these kinds of th uh, effects. And clearly a lot of money was spent on making it flashy. Uh, and that works, I think, for people. Uh, and uh, I highly recommend it. Eight, eight plus, depending on where they go with kind of supporting it and exactly how greedy they get with uh, trying to trying to monetize it. But right now you can play as much as you want and it's really not it's really not anything you need to spend money on. Very cool. Yeah, I, I did not realize this and I'll be I've said this before and it's it's a gap for me is my knowledge of uh, mobile games because I just don't play them. Sure. Um, but uh, Eric, who reviewed this for us, Game Positive, uh, many of you know, um, he said uh, Second Dinner, which is the development uh, company who made this. It was founded by former Hearthstone game director Ben Brody. Uh, along with former Hearthstone executive producer Hamilton Chu. So the guys who formed the studio literally came from Blizzard and Hearthstone. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a variant of a Hearthstone kind of approach. It's not that attack. Uh, it's it's location-based. It's shorter. 
which is what really works. It's just like it, snap is great. And then uh, I forgot to tell you the, the snap mechanic, which I absolutely love. So you're going up. So the collector's progress is great, but you've also got kind of seasonal progress to, um, which is ostensibly like your competitive rank. Uh, and so okay. each of those is separated by what I think it's 10 points. Uh, and every game that you play of Marvel snap is worth one point to start out with. Um, it's worth two. If you go all the way through all the rounds, so you're kind of betting before the final reveals, almost like Texas Hold'em, uh, about whether okay. or not uh, you're going to get the two. And that 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 one point or that two points is um, is what you go up or down on your ranking. Um, so you, it really is a bet. And you can retreat at any time before that. You can opt out of the game for the lower number. And oh. then at any time during the game, somebody can snap and effectively double that bet. So if you think in round four that you're going, that things are going well, you can take the one point game to a two point game and now cost the other person two points to retreat if they don't retreat at that point in time when you snap. Or if you go through the whole game and you're at final reveals, you're like, let's show them, flip. Um, then it's for four points up or four points down. Uh, and so you have this kind of light betting mechanic, evaluation mechanic while you're playing. Uh, and that's that's enough. With the cards and the deck building and the snapping, like that's enough wheels of interest intellectually for me uh, to play the game. You add on the flashiness, and it's just it's just fantastic. Very good. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the review now. So uh, in the review, we also have the development roadmap of what's coming that Eric provided. Uh, it is in PC early access. is coming soon, so the game will be on PC eventually. Uh, apparently, it's using the uh, mobile UI at start. It's a smaller development. I was going to say, it doesn't need to be, so I don't know how that'll feel, ultimately, dragging things. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> it says in development is a PC widescreen UI, so it sounds like on the roadmap they have a full, proper PC version, and then in concept right now, they're throwing around all kinds of stuff, so check that out. Uh, basically, Eric says exactly what you said, um, Hoke. He said, uh, it's a very fun way to spend two to three minutes repeatedly through the day. Um, beautiful artwork, respect for source material. Um, and he said the entire review was done without spending any money on the game. Um, on top of playing some of the beta, he all also completed all 20 levels of the recruit pass and achieved collection level 55. I don't know what that means. Um, yes, I finished the recruit pass. I'm right about there. About 50. Okay. So we did about the same. And, okay. <laughs> and he said that, uh, he did spend money. There is a welcome pack you can buy. Uh, he did that to support the, you know, that, yeah, that's the report. standard of like, uh, it's three bucks and you get more of the premium than you should get. And a card, you know, like it's that one that you see in Fortnite. Sure. sure. So yeah, he really enjoyed it. So that's, that's good to hear. Uh, funny enough, Sardinisms had a, uh, a question for us for the panel regarding mobile games, but I said I was going to save it till next week because I figured it'd be good for all four of us to be here sure. for that one. So, um, but very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I, I thoroughly recommend it. And it's it's not going to immediately dive into your pocket and ask for ask for goods. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You lost me a mobile and then card and then any kind of monetization. Dan, I swear to God, like if you could just like just <laughs> close your eyes and plug your nose and just do it. Marvel Snap is fun. I can't do it, man. Google Man Eighty One in our chat because he's playing phone? Snap right now. Snap is the perfect thing to play while you listen to us, boneheads. Yeah. yeah. The, the yeah. only thing I, the only thing I've ever, I, mean, I really don't play mobile games at all. Sure. So that's that's the biggest issue. Second business. I'm just saying when Iowa has the football, Dan, and that's, you know nothing's going to come up. I could, I could literally play that. the entire game with that. Is <laughs> that that's the problem? I, it's just I, I just can't get into them. Like I feel like I my 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 gaming time can be better invested in a game that's like four years old. And if I'm going to throw money at something, it's going to be something like you know. 
breakpoint or something <laughs> stupid. You know, I'm not. So, I'm just saying you can't play breakpoint while you're watching football or otherwise ostensibly hanging out with your good family. Thing, really. So Let, yeah. let's also point out he said he's not going to throw money at it, but we he still has anthem currency he hasn't yes. spent. So. Okay, well, you well, already spend yeah. yeah, I mean, I, 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 I paid 10 bucks, I think, this week for some stuff in Breakpoint. Why? Because that's all I got. You know what? Because I have so much money from my gaming fund because I haven't bought anything this year except for like Horizon and like I think one more. You got, you, you got your money's worth out of Horizon. You should get yeah, that sure money is. back in your gaming fund. <laughs> you would think. You should Speaking be able to go of... and be like, honey, clearly I did okay with Horizon. Yes. 400 <laughs> hours. It sounds like you need to expand your Horizons. Mm. No. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, I will uh, ask you, Dan, anything. Uh, so you've been playing Breakpoint. Anything else you've been touching on? No. The new Hitman stuff kind of released this week. You know the the roadmap for Freelancer. Yeah. Uh, you know you wouldn't think there'd be like such a weird like contentious. I mean, it actually <laughs> like community, like especially on YouTube videos of of, of people just of, just of Hitman content. Yeah, yeah, talk to us about the behind the scenes here because the description of Freelancer, as I understood it, was like it's a roguelike, which sounds yep. good. That yep. uses like some procedural stuff, which sounds good. Is there some consternation in the Hitman community on this? There, not, you know, I think I, when I read the comments on the main video, there's there's mostly I would say seventy to eighty percent positive. Okay. Yeah. You know, stuff, and then sometimes you get a video that just kind of pops on your timeline because of the you know content that you're watching. And I watched one video and kind of got into it with uh, this YouTuber. Which is he's not really much of a YouTuber. I mean, I, I'm, no, I'm not even. I don't even know his name. Something. I gotta do it with some guy. Well, I mean, I just, I basically just posted underneath. It. I commented if hyperbole was a video, and that, that's basically what I put. Because he came in and he's just like, "I'm gonna tell you why everything sucks about what we just watched on this." I'm that's like, YouTube, oh. man. I was like, "What in the hell am I watching here?" I was like, and like this his arguments was were like, like in the man. in the in the video, what. You watched this video and commented yes. on it. You did exactly what he wanted you to do. It's exactly yeah. Listen, he's got like 200 subscribers. I wasn't really super worried about like any kind no. of interactions. So, I mean, a sad I don't know why he pops up on there. You know, but he, he came on and he's like, he's like, hey, you know, it, it says you have the safe house, right? Like the whole thing is, you know, so you can come back and take a breather. And then he proceeds to say, here's what a breather looks like in Hitman. And he just kind of walks and stops. You know, in the middle of a map somewhere, and then he's like, "Yeah, so we don't need to take a breather." I said, and I, I replied back, "I was like, listen, that breather is for you to go outside and touch grass, you know, or get a snack, or Wait, get some water, stay hydrated." The breather this guy? isn't for for your, yeah, that's what I said to the guy. But I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where you're just like, "What is happening?" Anyway, it looks amazing. It looks really, really good. Uh, it's 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 a it's a you know we we haven't got a ton of content, you know. For the game, uh, a lot of it's been kind of rehash stuff. A lot of the suits are kind of just reskin stuff. A lot of the weapons are reskinned weapons, you know. So this is a whole new way to go. It's a whole new, you know. I, I'm not generally a big fan of roguelike, but I, I, I like you know what it looks like anyway. You know, for for now, I don't really care so much again about the the safe house part of it. I mean, it looks kind of nice you know just kind of a nice thing to have uh they're monetizing some stuff not where you have to go buy actual money but they you know uh 
it just it just looks really good. It's it's got some potential, and it's it's got potential to possibly extend the life of the game a little bit longer, which is what you really want to do. We may not get like tons of maps. We may not get a ton of you know new areas to to explore. But that's really you know you can do a lot more with this game than I think that guy really kind of gave it credit for. So I'm I'm excited for it. It looks pretty cool. I'm trying to get into the technical test, even though I don't you know own it on the pc and i'd have to play it on pc um so we'll see what happens there it's a free it's a separate download from hitman 3 so you don't have to actually own the game to to get that oh, oh it's a, a separate app. Test. yeah completely oh, separate right. it is going to be free for everybody that owns hitman 3 on all the consoles and pc stores that you decide to buy and so i'm i'm pretty pumped for that but yeah this week has been basically playing breakpoint which i'm going to just shout out one more time because they added so much stuff like I, I thought i said that last week i didn't realize did. the amount of stuff that is in that game there's like you can change the entire map three different ways and it's, it's kind of hard to explain but they, they have different operations so you can have one operation which is like rainbow six operators come in to the island with you and you have and the, the whole map goes over to that there's another one that's like faction based changes the whole map you can't access any of the main missions it becomes like a completely separate game. Hmm. Uh, it's in it's. I just found that out this morning. So I mean, <laughs> you've got three different kinds of main. You have the episode one, episode two, episode three main missions. The Terminator stuff. I knew about it. I didn't realize how much of it there was. So there. I mean, it's it's a lot of content and for for basically nothing. So did they? Oh, um, I meant folks, to ask you. If you did... enjoy Breakpoint shoutouts, you're not going to find them anywhere else on the no. <laughs> like nope. and subscribe no. to Dan specifically. Yes. Uh, yeah. And the, and the Hitman guy with 200 subs, get him mm-hmm. too. Um, yeah. Did the, uh... As a content creator, I was like, oh no, Dan's coming in and hurling invective at this guy that has 200 subs. Yeah. He's just trying, man. He's just trying. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Did they update that game for Series XS PS5? Yeah, it is 60 FPS. Yep. Uh, there's performance and and resolution, so you could you could choose either one of them. It looks really good. I, I would argue it looks, Yeah, uh, PS5. All right. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's again just because I don't have my Series X, but I had to buy it again. But I got it like on sale for like 15 bucks, so okay. it really wasn't that big of a deal. Oh, I cool. think Breakpoint's been on some sales, folks. Yeah, oh yeah, exciting to you. I have sale like a number. week after release. Yeah, I, I literally like put it ninety nine or something. I bought the base game and then I was like, well, I'll just highlight the season one pass, and if it comes out for sale at some point, like the next week, like this week earlier, it was like on sale for like ten bucks or something. I was like, oh, that's perfect. Pretty much got everything I need. But yeah, know. it's it's they they yeah. Actually, I think you're right. I think while I was going through the new November sale, which is a big one for PlayStation, if you guys are interested, I think Breakpoint's on there. Yep. Okay. (laughs) It's worth it for for that much. It's it's, it's a lot of content, which is my bag. You know, I like to get the value for me. Obviously, that's going to be subjective and change for everybody else. But I could, you know, I'm not even a quarter of the way done with this game. There's so much in there, so... That's great. It's the old country buffet of video game shooting. It is. It Not really bad. is. It's about that level of quality, too. <laughs> you, know. you can get a pre-owned copy of Breakpoint uh, physical for eight sixty-five. Yes, you can. There you go. There you go. Get it. Um, get it. What was I going to say? Uh, no, I am not. But thank you yeah. for the recommendation. Sure. Uh, not that I don't believe you what you're saying. It's just there are so many games right now. Um, 
And the yeah, biggest no stuff of the year is coming out for me in the next few weeks between Halo's update, Warzone 2, Ragnarok, mm-hmm. and then Callisto Protocol. Uh, I've got plenty to do. That doesn't even count all the other kind of smaller games that are coming too this month. So, Yeah, right now on PlayStation Network, the Ultimate Edition with all add-ons is down from 120 to 30 if you're interested in spending 30 bucks on Breakpoint. Oh, that's the that's the, the ultimate editions on sale. That's, yeah, I should have yeah, waited a week. Ultimate is thirty. Deluxe yeah. is seventeen. Oh wow! So man. if it's good now, you take Dan's word for it. The sales are hot on PlayStation <laughs> Network right now. Yeah. If you want to play a tactical based third person shooter that has so many options that it makes other games pale in comparison, uh, that's average on story uh and also has john barenthal in it uh oh this is the game for you i'm trying to remember the breakpoint story isn't it like evil corporation has taken over island drone evil corporation takes takes over (laughs) island hires uh mercenaries to protect them mercenaries then take over evil corporation okay all right there you go well there hey you know what we'll have to figure we got to call sony we'll get some affiliate links Uh, <laughs> also drones lots of drones drones yes I, this is what i remember this is literally yeah. drones i drones. remember drones okay that's the big thing yeah sure. <laughs> there you go that was our breakpoint hour yep. there you go you're welcome guys on season gaming big cat mm-hmm. stop the tapping i hear that tapping there you go dan <laughs> <laughs> Tap away, just first. yeah <laughs> banging on the desk all right well there you go i've done it again even with only three of us we've extended the currently playing to an hour but i will say that the majority of our conversation is based around the games you know this week rather than kind of news topics so it is that time of the year where it's uh fun. It's fun. oh yeah absolutely to talk about fun stuff I'm, I'm quitting. uh so, i didn't even on. touch on entropy center so entropy center is uh is another kind of it's an indie game, but I mean, it's a, a kind of larger produced one um, that is coming out, I think, Entropy this week. Center. What kind yeah, of game entry- is that? It's like Portal. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Portal, so to me, I like Portal. That kind of game is very closely related to exactly how good their puzzle design is. Yes. Uh, and I, I'm not, I'm super early in it, but our, we do have someone else reviewing it for the site. So that review will be up this week. He basically said it's Portal. <laughs> so uh, we'll see how uh, how his review turns out. But uh, yeah, that's coming out this week as well. It was one of those games that was shown at uh, either Summer Game Fest or Xbox's Showcase. One of the two. Okay. Um, so it's that's coming out this week too. Um, so why don't we touch on, uh, I want to touch on kind of favorite Halloween games, seeing as though it's uh, October 30th, day what? before Halloween. Um, I love this yes. topic. <laughs> so i was kind of thinking about my my favorite uh kind of horror oh i'm sorry before we do that we did get a super chat so let yeah. me get that real quick let's and see if dan I, remembered to unmute himself he did, I did. yeah <laughs> running with scissors is not recommended google man 81 thank you for the five euros i'm not sure what that's in reference to but yeah google man i, I saw generally you... good life advice yeah it so, is it's generally yeah. good advice isn't that I, a developer name Tunnel, I think there's maybe. a developer named Running with Scissors. Yeah. Sure, there's a lot of funny named developers, so I would, yes, I would bet that's out there. Uh, Google man, thank you as that, always, man. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly what you're referencing. I saw when the super chat came in. Um, if you don't feel like you have to super chat again, but you can type in the comments what you're referring to, because honestly, I don't know. Um, but thank you, of course, for the super <laughs> chat. Oh, Google man said it's a game studio. Yes, there you go. Perfect. So, all right. Oh, it's the postal dev. 
<laughs> Travis isn't here for that. Uh, we'll get him next week with that one. Um, thank you very much. I appreciate you. And uh, anyway, back to Halloween games. So yeah. one of the ones, Ooh. one of my favorites, which I still talk about, it is playable. Uh, I know on Series XS, which is kind of the backwards compatibility thing, obviously PC. I don't know about PS5, um, but is Condemned. So Condemned is one of my favorite horror games of all time. I have it right here behind me, my original 360 copy, which uh, I'm not Condemned, look at that. I'm not sure the last time I picked that up. Uh, But 2005, launch game. published. It's it's launch game, right? It was. It was, uh, I bought... I want to say I bought six or eight games at launch with my 360. I did a midnight launch, and I, at the time, had a home theater with a projector and a 100-inch screen, which was cool. And my good buddy, um, Jesse, was with me, and we played from when we got home from the midnight launch all the way to about 1 p.m. the next afternoon. We just played a bunch of games, including this. Um, But it was uh, developed by Monolith, great studio, published by Sega. And uh, I don't know how it holds up. I have not played Condemned in several years. So I don't know if it still holds up well, but uh, highly recommend if you've never played it, play Condemned. It's awesome. It is spooky. It's more supernatural than you think. It is. Yeah. And and part two, there is a part two. It kind of goes a little further down that route. I did not enjoy part two as much as one, but, uh, you know, there you go. So uh, that's a good choice, Ains. I like that. Yeah. So what do you got? Give me one. Oh, I love. I OK. I mean, I could have a hundred. I will tell you right now. Yeah. This October, I thoroughly enjoy this. I've played it every October since it came out. Luigi's Mansion 3 Great game. is an awesome Halloween game. It has exactly the right vibe. It has exactly that right music. It's Haunted Mansion from, you know, Disney. Uh, and uh, it's wonderful. Uh, so I, I highly recommend Luigi's Mansion 3 for that. Uh, if you're looking for something a little bit scarier, you want to get into that kind of um, scares. I, I My favorite recent last 10 years horror game for that is soma uh, you heard yep. me reference it before i think soma is better than all three amnesias um and i i i could not recommend it it's that kind of game that's why i referenced that it's from the developers of the original amnesia uh and if you're at all interested in you know thinking about human existence like enemy zero on the sega saturn uh Soma's really really good for that also with jump scares and, and hiding from unbeatable enemies and things like that uh, soma so the- and the amnesias launched on game pass this week Yes, that's true. Soma is on Game Pass. Highly recommended. Uh, and of course, also added to Game Pass uh, in the Game Pass advertising hour, we should get affiliate links from Xbox as well, just while we're <laughs> making a list, uh, is uh, Costume Quest, which is obviously a Halloween yes. game. You get into the costumes and you go around and trick or treat. It's a fun game. Those are fun games. Uh, Soma is one I began on the PlayStation when it came out for console. I bought it, played it for a few hours, and left it for whatever reason. I re-downloaded it because of Game Pass, uh, I need to get back to it. I've heard amazing things about it. You can it. knock it out in a sitting, give or take, if you if you try. It's longer than that. But if you get into it, um, it is it is thorough in its examination of the questions it posits. <laughs> Six to eight hours, something like that? Something like that. Okay. Something like, I lean on the higher end, uh, but I'm a looker, right? So I like, I'm, looking, I'm looking around the scenes and seeing if I can read the computer screens. And Me whatnot. too. Okay. Yeah, so 12 hours. All right um cool yeah i I didn't have that on here but that is definitely one um that i want to get back to the other one i know i've talked about more recently is a newer release i think it came out last year uh it is one of the scary i didn't finish it yet it's one of the scariest games i've ever played and i've played a lot of horror games is visage visage 
Mm. Um, so uh, it is, uh, it's up there. It kind of definitely takes inspirations from PT. I was gonna say so, it's the PT game, right? That's what yeah. I have it as in my head. Yeah. So if you obviously, if you can play PT, I still have it on my PS4 over there. Um, PT is a great one as well, even though it's short. But Visage is more of a fully realized game. Uh, it's creepy as hell. Um, but if you if you like horror games, uh, check that one out for sure. It's a good one. I like that. It's a good choice. And I think Gecko Gamer in the chat has a wonderful comment on Soma. The developers of Soma added this after the fact uh, when they were analyzing, as I understand it, like the stats for how many people were getting to the end. And uh, they had made the game like a little a little bit trickier or more difficult than they thought. And people were reacting to the jump scares and whatnot. You can actually basically change the monsters into set dressing. Um, uh. and, and go and experience the story of Soma. I will say that because Soma's horror, for the most part, lives in its plot and not in its creepy static monsters, that's an acceptable that's an acceptable alternative, I think, for that kind of game. Um, you know, it'll be a little bit more like a really scary short story. Uh, but if that if that's what you need to get to the end, if you get to a place where it's like this is just a too tough hallway, I hit the button because you won't regret it. Fair enough. That's pretty cool. I like that. Um, I I. I often wonder, this is a little side note, but I often wonder, like, if you're a developer and you put all your passion and time into a game for years, right? Especially if you're a smaller dev, right? And you have more control over the final product, if you will, your vision. Uh, and a game like so many release it, and then you see the stats and you see, like, let's say 10% of people that played it finished it, right? It's got to be kind of discouraging, right? It's like, oh, man, you're not you're not experiencing, you know, what I had for the vision for this game. So I always feel bad for game developers and that, especially with, like, trophy stats. We've got yeah. the trophy for saw credits, right? And it's at 22%. Maybe that's pretty good. It's pretty good for what we can see. But it's like, especially for games that backload stuff. I think of like Horizon Zero Dawn, which to me is like boring for 80% of its runtime. And then it hits you with every bit of plot that they thought about. It does. uh, At at the end of that game. And it's like, you go and you look at that trophy and you're the developers is like, I mean, nobody even has any idea what happened to this planet. (laughs) Right? Like it's, it's, you just didn't get there. Uh, And I, I agree with you entirely, Ains. That that's got to be annoying. Yeah, uh, you almost wish you just don't don't put a credits trophy. I don't want to know. Wanna yeah, know. and I'm sure there's a larger conversation there that that ties to game design and how you engage players, right? And and build. You know, a movie ha- movies have obviously a very kind of uh, standardized way in which they approach the kind of up and down through the through the movie, right? You have to fashion game design is a lot more tricky because of length and time and, and what the player can choose to do. They have, you know, their ability to go and do other things you don't expect them to do. But I, I have to imagine that's a big conversation among devs is how do we keep players engaged and, you know, I think it drives things. them too much, honestly. I mean, I think you see changes in development for that. And to me, it's like, I, I, I can't communicate this enough and I do this with Travis, right? I can't review games for IGN or whatever, because I don't always get to the end because my value proposition is, did you deliver 12 or more hours for my 60 or 70 bucks of time that I really enjoyed myself? And if that's the case, yeah, if if your kind of drive to get to the end falls off because of what you've done in the middle of the game, that doesn't necessarily ruin the game for me. And it also doesn't necessarily make it so that I don't like what you did. I will never, ever see the end of basically any modern Assassin's Creed. Okay, I never will. <laughs> it's still one of my favorite series. Like, I enjoy it moment to moment. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, Soma is one that I could really get behind the developers getting upset about because it's a it's a puzzle lock of a concept, right? And like you're you're as you're getting on, you understand more and more and more of what they're even trying to say to you. And so if you don't get if you don't get past certain points in Soma, it is like, did they even play the game? Mm. 
Um, so I get that. But like for something like Assassin's Creed, some of the bigger games, yeah, I played you. I played you. I enjoyed you. I don't need to see me ultimately putting a sword through some king. I, I you know, I don't know I, however it ends. Um, but yeah, I think ah, Soma, those narrative games, there's so much good stuff. I, if you just want to be kind of macabre, uh, Edith Finch kind of has this death pall mm. over it in its entirety. Uh, I yeah. will tell you, the games I downloaded at the top of October are like medieval for the PlayStation, okay. which has yep. that haunted vibe. Luigi's Mansion 3, Alien Isolation, yep. uh, Death Stranding, which also has kind of a somber look, even though it, it doesn't end in a Halloween fashion. Um, what else? What else is sitting at me, staring at me for things that I was playing for Halloween? Um, there's there's one called Pumpkin Jack. Just generally, yep. you can go in yep. different directions, whether you're going for horror or pumpkins. Mm-hmm. What about uh, and, uh, Re- Resident Evil Village, I believe you said? Resident Evil Village. You see, pr- the problem with Resident Evil Village is I demand a certain amount of verisimilitude in my horror. And if you're going to just present it <laughs> as, as a kind of theme park action adventure, it doesn't work for me. Uh, <laughs> I also saw that that Rose Winters campaign, I think they said, was like an hour and a half. I was like, oh, you guys got uh, me so excited about it. Our reviewer, uh, our reviews and drafts right now, it's going up tomorrow of it. Um, it is, uh, he finished it in three hours. Okay, three is at least a little bit less bad. Yeah, I thought it was he gonna said, be like a five. You know, I like, thought it was gonna be bigger too. Yeah. yeah. Um, funny enough, I was gonna touch on some comments here. So yeah, feel free to throw in your horror games that you love or recommend. Uh, Joe Munger said uh, Alien Isolation, which you just touched on. Uh, Nick said Death Stranding, uh, which because you can very scary to lose packages. Well, it has um, that. Your your interact Death Stranding is good for again. It depends on what you're looking for from your Halloween, but it's interacting with the notions of mortality and an end of existence in a way that at least is like that. That's kind of the brain space I want to be in in October. Sure, it doesn't have to be horror, right? Like it doesn't right. have to be gore. And, no, I'll tell you, you Death Stranding is hopeful. Yeah. Like at, at its core, like if you get to the, it, it's a hopeful game. Uh, but it's like let's talk about death. Let's talk about the afterlife. Let's talk about God. Let's. I mean, like Death Stranding is interested in these things. Gotcha um rob rob frawley says how about prey 2017 not horror but i think it works yeah i mean i i'm gonna preach about prey anytime i can that's as close as you're gonna get me to any of this crap all right you want to talk about halloween Halloween is the worst holiday i'm just gonna come on the record and say whoa 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 uh, whoa, that we have out here and i'm including the fourth of july which i also can't stand so so if it's not thanksgiving where there's food and christmas where there's presents i really don't care about holidays but halloween it's just i don't understand it I, you know, I, I, I'm fine with people having their, you know, oh, we got to set up our decorations. It's fun and, to have ghouls and ghosties. It's an man, I dressed thing. up as a piece of peanut butter toast yesterday, and my wife had jelly. Yeah, that was our costume. Aww. All right, that's Aww. as much. That's, that's the effort I'm gonna go. All right, to, for this thing, and I only do it for her because uh, I, I really can't stand it. Aside from man, the candy. you, 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 you know, just I wear a t-shirt and no pants, yeah. and you call yourself a streamer. You're done. That's yeah. <laughs> the worst. Dan, you know I love your bad takes. Uh, yeah. but but this is this is one step too far, my friend. We can't install Halloween around here. Where's the gravy? Where's the stuffing? That's all I'm saying. Halloween lacks it's, all these things. It's so, coming. Can't you at least enjoy Halloween? At least it's, it's marker of time that Thanksgiving is next. You should just have two Thanksgivings. And, and what just, no 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 because what Halloween represents, right? Like think about what Thanksgiving represents and what actually happened, why we have Thanksgiving. Listen, don't care I don't about, think that. about that's, that. That's that's stuff. that's that's bad history. Like Halloween's at least fun. Is it though? I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm just I don't even I don't even know what it is. So I actually I do, but I don't I don't want to get into it. I like the turkey part. Okay. That's what I thought. We're gonna get then make a turkey, turkey for Halloween. 
We're going to get to the turkey That's what I'm thinking of doing next year. It's the best way to do it, except then everybody will come and eat my turkey. And then, you know, it's, that's the problem. I provide <laughs> uh, too many turkeys. And I think you might be taking it too literally, right? Like I'm not trick-or-treating. I'm not dressing up in costumes. I like October and Halloween as a season for, yes. you know, engaging with this kind of stuff. Um, so yes. I think it's fun. Oh, yeah. by the way, uh, you guys will get a laugh out of this. Um, so we, our, our entire family dressing up, we're going as the Adams family. Um, I have to be Gomez uh, because my wife is being Morticia. Um, so for the first time in several years, I'm going to fully shave tomorrow, except my mustache, which I've never had a mustache in my entire life. So this is going to be uh, quite interesting. And I'm going to paint, All right. we expect paint my head rings. black here. Uh, pictures will probably be in DMs. It'll be hard to find those online, I'm sure. Yeah, I know. We won't share them. <laughs> we won't share them. Well, um, I'm sorry to hear it, Dan, but I will say this. As someone that doesn't like horror as a <clears> genre, <throat> like your, your take makes sense to me. Sure. Um, but if you do, you can see how theming it around a month is fun. I, you know, I understand the, you know, the gist of it. I, I get why people enjoy it. Not my cup of tea. I don't really, <laughs> obviously, I don't play horror games. I haven't really played them since like Dead Space, you know. So that was probably one of the few, you know. Actually, I, I played a little bit. Like I played Blair Witch. I lasted about twenty minutes. You know, I was just like, no. Nah, Ains and I are in agreement today. Don't get us on Bloober Team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, funny enough, some people agree with Dan, some people not. Uh, we've got a lot of other games mentioned, though. I'll, I'll hit some of these. Google Man says Quop. I don't know how many people know what Quop is in this chat, Google Man, but that's quite funny. Quop sure. is a ridiculous. Just look it up. I'm not even going to try and explain Quop. Just Q W O P. You can look it up. I like that somebody has a reference to Eternal Darkness, which is one of my favorite scary games ever, but Great call uh, it's very unapproachable now in terms of accessing it on anything that isn't an emulator somewhere. Correct. Very true and very expensive if you want to try and get it on uh, GameCube, as your point. Uh, Wait, Bioshock. I have a valuable asset. I, I, you guys need to tell me. what I, I, have a, I, have, I have a copy of Eternal Darkness. What's it worth? Oh, Eternal Darkness on GameCube? It's a few hundred. Yeah. All right. If everything goes to the real pot, I'm ready. I got games that I can, <laughs> can open a store. Right. Think of how much snap cards you could buy. Yeah. I mean, so, many, so many, Dan. So many. I don't think you um, buy cards directly in Snap. Maybe. So Bioshock's a good one. Um, trying to see. Oh, Little Nightmares. Absolutely. Little Nightmares 1 and 2. Great games. Sure. Definitely. Uh, if you haven't checked those out, I'm trying to go through all the chats here. And that kind of 2D, real threatening game. Yeah. Like you go like Heart of Darkness. Uh, anybody remember Heart of Darkness? No, that, um, these are topical and timely references from me. Yeah, Heart Enemy of Darkness. Zero and Heart of Darkness. <laughs> so many so people familiar. talk. They're trending on Twitter right now. They are. Or <laughs> I have. Um, what about uh, Limbo and uh, Inside? If you like those. Yeah, I, I I think this is the contrarian in me. I think they are fine. And like the mass raves that it got, I'm like. Yeah, I'm kind of okay. with there. Yeah, I didn't think Inside was a ten. No. Um, but it was, yeah. I liked it. I liked it. Um, also, I was going to recommend uh, two of my favorite horror games of all time are Dead Space 1 and Silent Hill 2. They're both getting remakes. So if you haven't played those, you may be better off waiting. Um, but Dead From Space acclaimed 1 developers, Motive and Bloober Team. Don't Godspeed, everyone. Don't you start. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dead Space 1 and 2 are legendary, though. I mean, those are mm. just great games. I see the DVD reference. Yes, DVD was my first download of October. DVD is awesome. Dead by Daylight, yeah. I yes. mean, that, talk about a game that has 
like I look like I think I mentioned a couple weeks ago, like I always look at the like the most played games on the platforms and stuff. Dead by Daylight is always in the top 20 on Xbox. It's gonna be there forever because they yeah. do they have a very nice cadence, which is like a couple new survivors and a new killer, which is essentially a new game. I mean, like it's not, it's a little hyperbolic because it's always hide and seek, but the killers have so many different mechanics that it is like learning a new game. You do it for whatever six, seven bucks. Uh, and you can you can play Dead by Daylight until the cows come home. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Pompa says the suffering. I remember that game, a very uh, bloody, bloody game, if I remember correctly. Right? Is that Midway? <laughs> Might be. Might be. Yeah, I'd have to look it up. But um, wow. Uh, let's get a couple super chats in here. Got Pompa in the yeah, house. Speaking of Pompa, ten dollars super chat. PT and Visage are not. Game, ex- but games, but experiences. Sure. Yeah. Grounded and night is terrifying. Grounded is way scarier than it should at be. Night. At, yeah. at, at night. Grounded okay. is scary. Yeah. The yeah. scariest thing is Halo Infinite on rank and seeing teammates with a standard Spartan color. That this is, is uh, an inside joke. This is an yeah, inside no idea joke. what that means. If they have the standard Spartan color, that means they haven't played much. Is that? Uh, not necessarily. Uh, so you have full customization in Halo Infinite. And the ongoing joke with us is if you don't take pride in your appearance as a Spartan, uh, you're probably not going to play very well. So when you first <laughs> you load in, pride. <laughs> I feel like I was at this meeting at Big Law at some point, which is like, Rick, why aren't you wearing a tie? Come on now. So when you when you load into Halo Infinite ranked, it's 4v4, right? Like Halo ranked. And each person gets their intro. And when you see someone who has like the very starter bland, just gray Spartan, you start to panic because you're like, oh, God, either they're new or they don't care enough to actually customize anything. And it's very rare that that player is going to be really good. Most Could of the it just time, be they're, they're so focused on honing their skill set. They don't even care about all this. No. All right. No. <laughs> that would be a good tactic, though. I mean, just to jump in and be like, oh, don't Perfect. worry about that guy. He's a noob. For a yeah. few people, yeah, that serves to be true. There's been some really mm-hmm. amazing ones, but most of the time it kind of scares you because you're like, oh, God, I'm in trouble. And in Halo, like, if you, if all four players are not good and engaged in Halo ranked, you're screwed. Like, one player down, you, you're going to lose, period. It's mm-hmm. it's a team game. I can't so. take this kind of pressure on my performance, so I just this is why I don't <laughs> engage. Fair enough. Thank you, Pompa. And Darth Mac with the $2 Super Chat. Whoa, Dan, don't miss my birthday. Which oh, one Halloween was birthday. Was it Halloween or July 4th? Oh, because yeah. I apologize not to diss your birthday because that makes it a wonderful day. Um, everything else sucks. So Having your birthday on Halloween would be awesome. I would my like my son's is actually the day after, which is perfect. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. Thank you, Darth Mac. Appreciate it. All right, gents. Uh, I think we're good there. I don't think I missed anything. Uh, I'm sure there's other horror games we could talk I mean, like Hogue said, there's millions we could talk about. Uh, the one thing I did want to mention here, Callisto Protocol, obviously coming December 2nd. I don't know if you guys saw this week, but uh, it did not pass. the C- I think it's Ciro or is it Ciro? In Japan, uh, right? Rating in Japan, which is like our yeah. ESRB, which basically means they had to come out and make a statement saying they're not going to change their game, so it's not releasing in Japan. Yeah, they won't censor their game, and so you don't get it in Japan. Now, that's not the biggest market to offend uh, on this stuff, but uh, it is interesting because most yeah. people will just, what do you want? What do you need to change? The blood needs yeah. to be blue. What, what, you know, what, what, is, what do you need? And uh, Callista Protocol is just like, nope, forget it. Yeah, which is, I did see some people from Japan tweeting saying that, 
basically what this means, I may get this wrong, so please feel free to correct me, but basically what it means is they can't officially sell it like in stores, right? So yeah, it can't can be import. printed yeah. and, and sold, but there's still be ways to digitally download it. Sure. You know, you can find workarounds, right? To still play it if you're in There's never not a way. That's how black markets work. <laughs> sure, work sure. On prohibition, but... <laughs> Uh, yes, it, it was, it's a very interesting choice to make from a commercial entity. And I do wonder if it isn't somewhat guided by the fact that it is a new studio. It's still very founder led. It is not as commercially focused necessarily as what we see from the bigger, the bigger houses. Maybe. Cause you think, I mean, think about, think about a lot of things that come out of Japan. First of all, that's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, uh, have it's, you it's seen a, it's some of the violence. anime. It's I a mean, second violence thing. A what? Japan allows more nudity and the uh, the West allows more violence. Hmm. Okay. Can we That's... merge those together like peanut butter and jelly? <laughs> right? It sounds like a good Halloween costume. Uh, you know, I, it's, you know, all of these various locations all have their own regulatory bodies from, from a legal perspective. And you're often seeing kind of minor um, changes made depending on exactly how hyperbolic you want. And Dan can probably go find a YouTube video to heckle on this, yes. whether or not that censorship uh, depends on your point of view uh, on these things. But uh, generally speaking, Japan asks for something. You're going to be like, well, what, what do I, what do you need from us rather yeah. than just no. Um, so it might be that Japan asked for something that was like, uh, basically the whole concept of this isn't going to work. <laughs> or like it was just impossible <laughs> uh but it's unlikely so it's an interesting choice i to me from a kind of pr perspective i almost like it as marketing i almost yes. like it as that kind of you know uh see the movie they don't want you to see yes uh type of thing banned in japan i could see on the box yep you know that kind of stuff so we see that with australia too because australia is typically a little more strict there so we see games that are banned in australia um which are you know you, you do see that i i think to your point i really do i mean they had to give a statement i would think you know for their audience but to your point i think they weren't shy about making that statement like hey we're we're staying with our creative vision yes yeah it's too violent and we hope everyone else enjoys it even more than you would have before this is the game we wanted to make and if yeah. some regulators in japan don't want you to see it well that's on them <laughs> exactly but yeah okay all right cool now, to your point, the more realistic conversation behind the scenes could be, well, it depends what they want to change, right? And let's yeah, not forget, to your point, they striking distance is a new studio. This is their first game. I mean, they're they're talented, experienced people, but they don't have the clout that you know maybe some other bigger developer does. They may not even have the time or resources to put towards whatever needed to be changed. So I don't blame them in that sense. Yeah, and we'll see how it goes. I, I you know, I I, I say Japan is <clears throat> smaller kind of jurisdiction obviously they're still one of the major ones but it's like yeah if you could still have pipelines that get it in there and maybe your sales don't suffer and you're really worried about launching anyway you just make it a marketing statement and then if you need to come back in a year and figure it out you figure it out then um i honestly you know the fact that they're gold and they they're aimed at this december date and it looks like they're going to hit it i'm i'm impressed by i mean the, the, i don't know whether callisto protocol will be any good but certainly it looks good in the way that they've presented it and they're they're hitting the timelines as they first announced them. So there's stuff going on that's that's going well in terms of that pipeline that they have working. So yep. why mess it up with Japan uh, and needing some kind of modifications if that if you're right on the edge? I agree. Yeah, and that's before you even get the distribution and production of different discs, right? If you're sending discs, uh, and you, there's all kinds of things that go into the logistics on that, which are messy. Um, but anyway, uh, still my most anticipated game of the year. 
I'm highly pumped for it. Uh, I feel Post like Elden Ring. I, yeah, highly anticipated. <laughs> yes, I, I don't think it'll nothing. Nothing's beat. You were pretty anticipatory of Elden Ring in like January. I'm just uh, you know we gotta I was. we gotta make these statements true. That is very true, <laughs> and I think that uh, um, it's rare that you for any of us, right? No matter what you enjoy, it's rare that you anticipate something so strongly and it ma still manages to completely surpass expectations. Yep. So that was a cool feeling for that game. Um, Cause that doesn't happen often. Um, <clears throat> we were talking about um, limbo and inside yeah. and we got this week, the release date for Somerville. So uh, this is launching November 15th for Xbox and PC, Xbox consoles and PC. It will be on game pass Somerville. If you're not familiar is the first game from the new India studio, indie studio, Jump Ship, which was founded by the ex-co-founder of... I was doing well, and now I forget the name of the old studio. Um, I don't remember it either. Oh, God, the Inside and Limbo. Play people. Dead. Play Dead. <laughs> uh, the ex-co-founder of Play Dead that did Inside and Limbo. So Dino Patty. And uh, the other co-founder, from what we understand, had a falling out. It happened after Inside released. Dino Patty left. He created Jump Ship, which I have to think there's something in that name, which is kind of hilarious to me. Jump Ship. Um, <laughs> um, but this is a game that I think like the teaser premiered, I want to say a good four years ago, maybe something. It it's seems been a like long a while. Time. It's been a long time. Uh, but they surprised came out this week and said, Hey, we're releasing November 15th, which is as we talk two weeks, a little over two weeks away. So, um, we'll see what this is like. Uh, obviously if you watch the teaser, it looks to have the same type of kind of 2d weirdness vibe to it that you're inside your limbos. Those types of games do. Um, I hope it's good. I guess we'll see. Get your human blob monster statues ready folks. <laughs> Man, that was so strange at the end of inside. Um, but funny. So, uh, yeah, interesting. I guess we'll see. And then, of course, don't forget that Play Dead is also working on their next game. Um, I forget the name of that off the top of my head now, too. Um, but we'll probably hear more about that early next year. So we'll see. Well, hopefully they'll make an HBO show about it at some point. And they'll be able to say from the acclaimed video game director, Neil Druckmann, I, you know, whatever. <laughs> oh, man. I feel like Druckmann, this is a complete side, but it feels like... I say this about Kojima a lot. It's like he wants to be a movie director. Just let someone let him direct a movie, please. He wants so that we can stop something. with this. It's so funny because I it, the only reason I reference that is I was watching whatever House of the Dragon and it put up the Last of Us ad. And I guess it just slipped past me when I watched it the first time. But the full card of like I, it's something even worse than that. It's like from the visionary mind of acclaimed video game director Neil Druckmann or whatever. It's like Cool, bro. Yeah. Stroke that ego, baby. That's all it is. It, yeah. Well, I, no. It's so <laughs> funny to me because this is a personal, this is subjective, right? But it's like Naughty Dog was so much better when at minimum you had a partner. So I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Used to be a lot more creativity in that realm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a whole other conversation we've touched on many times over. So I won't dive into it. But anyway, Somerville, two weeks. Um, so another, yet another game in November, you know, uh, November 15th is, uh, we've got, uh, Halo, November 8th, Ragnarok, November 9th, Warzone, November 16th, now Somerville, November 15th. Um, and like I said, there's other games in there. I know a big one that people are looking for is, uh, is it evil West? I believe. Um, when is, uh, Scarlet? And we, Violet? Yeah. Evil West Scarlet. Yep. That's this month too. Um, 
I want to say in two weeks or so, right in the I middle know, of it. Hogue House is very excited about Scarlet and Violet, Scarlet particularly. Um, okay. So I, yeah, it's 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 a fun month. Yeah, and Pentiment as well, Jupiter. I'm actually reviewing Pentiment, so stay tuned for that. I, you um, know, the Game Pass, I don't know if it's always done this. They, they do updates all the time, but the, the Game Pass screen now has like, upcomings that it puts like directly in your library library the library (laughs) your library slots uh so it's got like pentiment sitting there it does got life is good sitting there uh on the game pass it's like oh okay yeah and you can i do like that they're allowing pre-installs for a lot of things nowadays too so you're i will play pentiment i've been assured that i will like pentiment so we'll see how it goes (laughs) i'm just Um, hoping god of war is like uh, 200 hours long so yeah, you be. for dan dan, yeah. dan i'm sure it'll be 200 hours for you yeah <laughs> oh all my eggs are in that basket <laughs> yeah this is dan's game until for the rest of the year future. basically until january 26th with Did the you release guys of this morning that we've got uh retail sales out we have full non-disclosure agreement non-violating leaks happening online for god of war ragnarok yep i have no yep. idea what that means uh, it means that people that are not under contract have access to the game now. Oh, so, so yeah, yeah. yeah watch the social media is they're popping. Yeah, mute, yeah. mute your, uh, mute your Ragnarok. Yeah, mute As I said watch. earlier, I have no idea what you could actually leak about this series going on the first one, but we'll find out. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Dan, by the way, Rob Frawley said earlier he has more time in Horizon Forbidden West than you do, and I said, <gasps> I said, how can West? that be? Dan has over 300 hours from what he said, and he said he yeah. does. He's played it four times, I think he said. Good for him. Mark. So, yeah. Yeah, stand together. You know. Remarkable. Hey, go get that value out of your games, folks. <laughs> That's what I do. Um, I also wanted to touch on uh CD Project Red uh came out this week, which I found weird, but I'll explain why. So they okay. came out a couple of weeks ago. And they gave us this huge roadmap, which was cool. I thought that was neat. Give us this huge roadmap of what you're working on. They revealed uh, this week that the Canis Majoris or Canis Majoris uh, code name they had is actually going to be a remake of The Witcher One, mm-hmm. uh, which very few people have played. The Witcher One did not sell very well. It didn't get. It wasn't highly critically acclaimed. Uh, it's old, very old now. Um, but they're doing a full, full remake. Like they're building this from what they say the usual term of from the ground up um, in Unreal Five. The Polish studio Fool's Theory is building this. Fool's Theory was typically a support studio, um, but they're building this in coordination with some of the uh, some of the studio staff at CD Projekt Red, of course. Uh, they also said it's going to be a ways out yet, um, which I think takes me to my point of why this is weird. Um, they're announcing that this is starting development, right? So you're talking about years before this comes out, probably. Why didn't they just say this was The Witcher 1 two weeks ago when they announced its code name? It's not like you've made any progress in two weeks. Why Why did you wait? Like, why didn't they just say, here's our roadmap. We're working on a Witcher 1 remake with full Siri right now. Why would you give it a code name and then two weeks later tell us what the code name is? You said it's with an outside developer? Full Theory, yes. Contract might not have been done. Ah, fair. Good point. Yeah. Good point. There you go. So maybe that's it. But uh, yeah, that just seems strange to me. But anyway... We're getting The Witcher 1. The Witcher 1 is the only uh, of The Witcher games I have not played, primarily for the reasons I listed. It's very old, dated, etc. I don't want to object to this characterization of what you listed, right? Because I remembered Witcher being highly acclaimed when it came out. And yeah, you know, you've got uh, GamePro 90, PC Gamer 90. Uh, I mean, like, Witcher, 
the Witcher's fantastic and amazing achievement. Like the Witcher one was a big, big deal when it came out. And yeah, I suspect that the remake is no longer going to have collectible cards that you earn for your sex partners. Chances are that's going to be changed in the new version. Oh, but, Man. but like that, it was, it was a big deal. Uh, and yeah, it's dated in terms of its action. I'm not going to fight you on that, uh, Ains. Definitely, I almost said tie games. See, this is the problem. Tie games. When I'm referring to your cards, uh, but I will object to in the time when it was released, Witcher was a popular release. Did it sell? I have no idea. But as for critics, uh, that's why I bought it. Um, it was it was well received by a lot of outlets. Now I could do the Travis thing where like I dig my heels in and argue with you no matter what. That's what uh, you're supposed I'm, to do. That's what I'm supposed to do, but I, I just don't enjoy doing that. Um, so I will, uh, I quickly looked up and you're absolutely right. I was certainly wrong about this, that, um, it was a highly reviewed game. I don't know why I had in my head that it wasn't. Uh, so I apologize, but yeah, it looks like it was well received. Came out in 2007. So, um, the times yeah. before the MCU. <laughs> uh, so we'll see, um, you know, the, the best part of, uh, looking this up quickly on Google Literally the two top stories, if you look this up. Metro, The Witcher is a terrible game, and a remake makes no sense. <laughs> right right next to it, The Witcher remake makes perfect sense, unlike some other games. I think it does make sense because of its dated qualities. I, if, if people are responding to it, and I, I see it in the chat, why no sexy cars? Uh, so here's the deal, right, folks? Let's, let's real talk here. Um, <laughs> the, the Witcher is a very specific character who um, very specifically is crafted to not have any of the negatives involved in sexual activity. Um, and so he rolls around like James Bond and Witcher 1 leaned into that a lot, a lot. Um, and so one of the things they might do 15 years later is back off that a little bit. <laughs> I don't want to, I, I suspect they will have to. Um, so we will, we will see. Uh, literally, it was collectible cards. One of the controversies around Witcher 1 was you collect collectible cards. That was a collection screen, like video gamers are used to collecting, uh, as long as you betted everyone that you could. Wow. I didn't know that, actually, because I haven't yes. played it. So. Yes. You can go look up those controversies. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I suspect that they would. I would suspect that they would change that. Would be my guess. Fair enough. So we'll see. They they even say in their press release on this that it's uh, it's early. So like I said, it's going to be a while before we really probably see something out of this. But uh, I'm excited for it. Uh, you know, love Witcher obviously, and if I can play kind of the origination story, I don't know where Witcher One as a game ties in with the Witcher books because obviously uh, Witcher Three is is later. You know, later in that. It's a series. Um, yeah. yeah. So I don't know where that all ties together. I'll have to look that up when the time is right. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what comes here. So. Uh, do we want for a remake? <laughs> do we want to talk about the fact that Henry Cavill is no longer Geralt because he's going back to be Superman? And I assume there's some contract, you know, stuff to work out there. And they are bringing after season three, which is releasing next year and already filmed. They're bringing in Liam Hemsworth. Nothing against Liam, but they're bringing in Liam Hemsworth. To oh, take I got over they, yeah, he's terrible. I got things against Liam. He's god awful. Yeah, yeah. I try to be nice. No. See what happens. No. no, 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 no. Liam Hemsworth is a charisma black hole. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. 
I'm very no. glad that he's been able to make his fortune in Hollywood. More power to you. Handsome Australian men do well, but he is god awful. Yeah. Um, yes, there's a lot to talk about. I think honestly, for uh for hangouts and headlines tomorrow to pitch, I'm almost go. certainly gonna talk about it as well as Disney taking over Doctor Who's production. Um, but uh yeah, I yeah, I mm. I think I, there's a lot of question marks around this because people want to say, oh, he signed up for Superman. It's like, folks, it does not take a year to make a movie, right? So right. it's like there's a lot going on behind the scenes here, whether it's contract rights, what he's allowed to do, what he's not. The whispers that he's been unhappy with the direction and production of the Witcher TV show. Yeah, it's... Uh, I will tell you, I'm unhappy with it. And if I were actually trying to say I'm a big fan of The Witcher and this is what they're making me do on this TV show, depending on especially on what's in season three, he knows more than us. Don't forget yeah. um, that I uh, I don't I don't love any of this. He's a good Geralt. He knows he's a good Geralt. He loves the series. And he's he was clearly frustrated on a kind of Luke Skywalker and Ryan Johnson's type of Johnson type <laughs> of level. So I think he walked away. And then, yeah, you want to take another piece from it from the lawyer's view. If they can announce the replacement the same time they're announcing the departure, this has been in the works for a while. Yes. Um, this well, has been known for a while, as has his return to DC, right? So you got to kind of put your brain in backwards. So like he doesn't just randomly appear in Black Adam. Like all of these things are happening a while ago and we get to know about them now. Yeah. And I think there's every reason to be concerned about The Witcher as a Netflix TV show. But I think there's been every reason to be concerned since the first episode. And some people disagree with me on that. <laughs> well the uh i mean he he was admittedly petitioning for this role like he wanted to play Geralt, uh and he loves that source material from from everything we've seen him say anyway um and i think all of us agree you know i anecdotally right i don't see anyone saying wow he's a terrible Geralt." no i think we all loved him as Geralt. um whether or not you really enjoyed the show or not and i, I it's kind of weird because i adore witcher and i think they made he's the highlight He's the oh, I, oh, 100%. Yeah, and I think they made improvements with season two. Season one, you could tell, was a little campy and a little, you know, I had my issues with it. Uh, we don't have to get into that. But I, I, I just don't, you're taking a series which very clearly is revolves around an actor, right, as the main character. Um, and you're going to have, well, I don't know if it's halfway through. I don't know how many seasons they have planned. They wanted have, seven. I can pretty much promise you they're not getting seven. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I it just seems crazy to me. Like, how are you going to move forward with a guy who is not Henry Cavill? I, I just, and Henry himself is so, as an actor, he just seems so likable. You know what I mean? Like people like Henry Cavill and they kind of uh, relate to him and, and one has seen him in that role. I don't know how you move forward without. He him. seems like a legitimate nerd that's serious about his craft. That is one of the most handsome people on earth and can play both Superman and Geralt. I don't know that there's anything not to like. Liam Fair. Hemsworth has no talent to speak of other than his last name. And so that level of replacement is going to hurt. He's a different kind of person. You didn't even find somebody with the level of gravitas that Henry Cavill can bring to the part. You brought a guy that maxed out in part two of freaking Mockingjay. So, I mean, like, there's nowhere to go with this replacement. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. That's bad news for everybody. The worst thing for me is that, you know, Cavill made... Geralt, you know, an interesting, I mean, he's an interesting character already. I mean, you're, you're going from, you know, arguably one of the most, the deepest, you know, characters uh, in, in, I don't know, medieval sci-fi, whatever, 
to Superman, who is the most boring character in, in any kind of Marvel, DC, whatever universe. It's just boring. I'm the me. I'm the good guy that's invincible, except for Kryptonite, which all of a sudden shows up everywhere. You know, it's, 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 it's the worst. You know, he could have done so much more with the Garrett role going forward past season four. And you're right. I agree with you guys. Season one, all over the place. Season two, much better. Not by his fault, you know, that it, it, it's, it's not... You know, right. There must have been so much going on behind the scenes where he's just like, yeah, I got to go. And he knows <laughs> what season Superman. three is. He yeah. knows what season three is. Yeah. It's bad news. Liam Hensworth is trash. I'm just, you know, there's, we don't have to mince words here. It's not good. And he, it, either no of his brothers aren't that great part. either. So, I mean, you know, it's not like, you know, old Thor is like, you know, Knocking down like these acting walls that have been, you know, <laughs> he's a pretty Chris, looking dude. That's Chris Hemsworth is. has comedic timing and charisma uh-huh. that his yeah. brother unfortunately didn't receive. Yeah, either one of them. Yeah, oh, I guess magic can hurt Superman. That's my bad, you know. You know they were ready with a replacement name, which means a contract is signed up, which means that they've been working on this for a while. And yeah, I, I, man, I. I think I might respect the Halo TV series more than Witcher. No, no. no. Don't start talking crazy now. I don't like this Witcher. Is, I think season two was just as bad as season one. I'm not with you there. Oh, no. No. Oh, man. Oh, man. All of this is painful for me, you realize. You're talking about two of my favorite IPs. I mean, yeah, no, it all, it, 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 it's all terrible. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's all bad. Yeah. Go watch Andor, folks. I still haven't yeah, watched it. It'll put you right. I still haven't watched it. I will. I've caught I will. up on it. It is very, very good. Uh, surprisingly good because I was about to fall asleep in the first three episodes. Surprisingly like, good. This is the most boring thing I've ever seen in my life. And then all of a sudden, like episode four and five, I'm like, whoa, this is. And they're movies. They're three episode yeah. movies. I promise you. One through three, four through six. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's accurate. Okay. It's I'll tough. move over to Andor to, to hide my pain from this. Well, yeah. we'll see what season three brings, and then we will for sure see what season four brings no, we with will. Witcher. <laughs> uh, can, we do a, can we do a hate watch segment? <laughs> as, as Liam stumbles through the scenes, mumbling to himself, trying to look uh, handsome in a gray wig. He's not brooding, you know? I mean, the guy doesn't brood. I don't even know if that's... No, a he's a CW-level actor. I don't know what yes. to tell you. Yes. He would be yeah, like Geralt, good, to like, your point, Geralt's man. supposed to be brooding, and he's supposed to be intimidating, right? Like, right. he's supposed to be big and threatening and... It's supposed and... to be effortless. The amount of effort he's going to have to bring to this role <laughs> is unbelievable. Yeah, and, unbelievable. And, and, and Geralt in general is supposed to be over... Here's what I don't understand, right? And this is the other thing that goes with Netflix is a business, right? Netflix cancels everything you love. Okay, folks, it cancels everything you love while it's still good. And then this one's like, well, we kind of lost Geralt of Rivia, but we're going to roll with it. (laughs) (laughs) Garrett says, uh, Hogue is like, have you heard about our savior and or? (laughs) Ask me about Loom. Ask me about Loom. No, honestly, folks, look, I, I know I can come across as pessimistic because I think there's a lot of trash that is made out there, but I thoroughly enjoyed Andor. And I <laughs> honestly, at the end of all things, I thoroughly enjoyed House of the Dragon. So there is stuff out there to go watch, but it ain't Witcher and it ain't Halo. Definitely. Aww. All right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't disagree. <laughs> the funny the funny thing is, you guys remember when, when we were going through Halo and we, every week I'd watch the new one. And I would kind of come in and I, I was being as optimistic as I could. And I, as you well know, I can defend Halo till the end of time. Uh, I, it still hurts. 
It's I, so it, hurts. It should tough, hurt, man. I'm very sorry for you because that sucks. So am I. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's rough. Just read the books. The books. The books are way. Better, All right. Honestly, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll read. You could tell me a book that I should read about Halo. Oh God! If you, I mean, I'm, there's a lot. There's way more than you would think. Um, and there's new ones still coming out. But if you've never read the original Halo books, the Flood of, uh, the Flood and uh, the Fall of Reach, Fall of Reach in particular, amazing books. Okay. Yeah, and you will understand why Spartans are as threatening or as like superhero esque as you know they're made out to be. Because you, you know, you didn't always get that in the games because it's a game; it has to have balance, right? But you know yeah. what? I, I'll take that under advisement. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm always looking for fun stuff. Maybe I'll read a yeah. Halo book. And there's you can read through it quickly. They're not tough reads. I mean, it's Halo. I, I like so. a good airport uh, airport bookstore read. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you can so just go up. Is, you know, that's all there is to it. You can only go up from here. <laughs> uh, this is another one that was uh, kind of random this week. And I wanted to get your guys' thoughts and see if I was uh, kind of on an island here or what. But Rocksteady. So Rocksteady, obviously, the uh, Arkham developers that got known, you know, their name for that. And obviously making Suicide Squad kill the Justice League. Um, the co-founders, both of them, announced this week that they are leaving the company at the end of the year. So next month and a half or so, uh, that they are departing the company before the release of Suicide Squad. Uh, and kind of more interestingly, if you didn't know this, so it's Sefton Hill and Jamie Walker. Um, Sefton was actually the game director on Suicide Squad. Um, and they are both leaving to, quote, pursue a new adventure in gaming. Uh, in the in the kind of press release or their statement, you know, they say the Suicide Squad's basically finished and, you know, they're the the team that's there and the, the new executives who are taking over the roles can get it across the finish line. No problem. Yeah. And they're looking forward to fans. You know, the usual statement you would get is something like this. Yeah. But am, am I weird in thinking that this is just curious timing? What why are they going you... together? We don't know what they're doing yet. So they're, they're both leaving at the same time and it is, they are pursuing a new adventure in gaming. So my, my read through the lines here and feel free to tell me I'm, I'm weird or off on this, but one, I found it weird that you're leaving now, presumably three, six months before your your game that you've been working on for eight years releases. And two, you've already announced that you're going to do something else in gaming. Um, Can I ask you this? Sure. Correct me if I'm wrong on this. Rocksteady is owned by WB? Good question. I don't know. All right. Check me on that because yeah. I will say that the business rumblings is that WB is going to go through as a, as an entity is going to go through another strip down um, that they they look like they might be trying to make themselves viable in the next couple of years by a different media conglomerate. Um, and if the signals, you know, we're always trying to speculate. We can't see yes. what they see. Right. Uh, but if Rocksteady is owned by WB and I think they are. They are. OK. They are. And, so Time owned by and Time Warner. Yeah. Uh, right. Right. So. Yeah. Well, it's Warner Brothers Discovery. We, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're in the WB conglomerate. However, that stockholder ownership percentages come out. Uh, you can probably see the writing on the wall, right? They're in a financial kind of cut down phase. They mm -hmm. finished their game. Uh, did they say they're ending? They're, they're going to leave by like end of year? End of year. Right. So like at that point, you're trying to maybe collect whatever your operational bonus is and get out. Um, and then... If you're going together, you're, you're starting a new company. Yes. I, and this is not unusual for companies that are going through major corporate acquisition transaction reverberations, right? So Warner Brothers just became Warner Brothers Discovery. 
You've got Zaslav at the top of that entity cutting everything. CNN just announced two days ago that they're no longer going to license in um, any documentaries or original TV shows. They're they're just going to broadcast their stuff. Like every single thing in that enterprise is being cut down as much as possible while still hopefully maintaining some kind of value. WB Games is not going to get out of that entirely unless they spin off the whole enterprise. Um, And so I think by the time you're getting emails from the new head uh, about head counts and things like that, you're starting to say we have to we have to think about jumping ship, not naming our company jump ship. That's already been taken, uh, but like, looking at things that way. So to me, that's kind of it's speculation. We're not in those rooms, but it's like, OK, there's enough going on at WB and CNN and WB Games and everything else that it's like I would expect it, you don't need to finish the project if your bonuses aren't going to be good enough. Uh, for under your contract and so you're just out yeah yeah and and new game studio is of course what popped in my head first um apparently uh i have the the statement here um bear with me yeah it was just uh as you said especially with the report earlier this week what's going on over there sounds pretty wild um but yeah they founded it in 2004 so it's you know it's 18 years they've been around whether you decades of their lives yeah yeah um and uh nathan nathan and darius are taking over some of the other executives there so we'll see um they said suicide squads and safe hands i'm i am i I know we've talked about this before but i'm extremely curious to see how suicide squad lands because the expectations especially given the arkham history and the time of development are sky high um and for all accounts and purposes the the game style is drastically different from the Arkham games, right? This is like I'm not interested in a co-op Arkham. This is just me. I'm just not. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I'm I'm just it's gonna be interesting to see how this game lands and see what these guys do in the future. But uh there's there's some writing on the wall here that to your point is speculative for us right now, but stuff's happening for sure. WB's going through a lot of stuff, regardless of whether that hits this uh, or not. WB's going through a lot of stuff, which has actually impacted things like my clients that interact with some of those enterprises and things like that. So, I mean, like mm-hmm. that's happening. Um, yeah. I, Suicide Squad to me was always a, I'm just gonna be honest. I, it's a bad place to invest my intellectual property license money in, in, in my opinion. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a brand seller. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Funny enough, you know, I'm not a big comic game guy. Uh, this one did interest me. Uh, just from the action and co-op standpoint, but assuming it plays well, of course. Dan, where were you on Suicide Squad in the, the last time we saw that kind of trailer, They the three minutes or whatever they showed? You know, a shark, summer. there's a boomerang, yeah. there's some yeah, quick... They, be, if I can play it by myself, not have to actually play co-op where it makes a difference, you know, a notable difference in difficulty or whatever, and I'll, you know, I'll give it a shot. You know, I, I enjoyed Rocksteady's previous uh, Arkham stuff, so... Yeah, I'm 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 in it for that. Yeah, you know, I, I honestly I get them mixed up all the time between uh, Rocksteady and whoever the hell put out Gotham Knights. You know, like when when because they were kind Montreal. Of, yeah, whatever. When they they were both kind of both announced around the same time, so it was kind of like, and they were both four player co op games. So it was just we like, okay, yeah, <laughs> right. So we thought, yeah, no, no, more two player co op games. Um, it, it is. You know, so I was like uh, keeping track of which one was which and who was doing each one. It was, it's too much for my brain to handle. You know, I, I just I, I can't do that kind of stuff. It, it's but they were both DC. They were both Batman based. Neither one of them with Batman, probably. You know, it, it's just like, all right, you know, whatever. 
But I, I hope they land on their feet. Maybe they'll go over to, you know, go jump in with with, with Jade Raymond over at Haven Studios. It seems like a <laughs> popular destination, you know. So, you know, everybody knows what they're doing. Uh, nope, nobody it's does. Big, it's, it's the biggest thing in, in the history of games. We can hope <laughs> for good things. We can yeah. hope. We can hope. Yeah, These guys, they, I don't you know, think Rocksteady's they, made a bad game. They're probably no, they they haven't haven't. a game in a decade. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'll, I'll give it a shot. You know, I think I think the big problem, maybe similar to Gotham Knights, and and Hogue, I know you can comment more on that than than I can. Um, but from the reviews I've read and our reviewer as well is they said the biggest problem with expectations for Gotham Knights is that people expected another Arkham game. It looks and like I, Arkham. Yeah, and I think that Dan's point is, you know, you, Dan, you just said it. I really like the Arkham games, and I think people just have rock steady mentally attached to those arkham games yes. and i don't think suicide squad is going to be similar to those arkham games i don't think it's so. going to be probably either but you know we can hope we can hope <laughs> yeah i mean well we will have to see exactly what it is but my biggest problem with co-op and i've said this before especially with like examples like assassin's creed unity is when you make that as part of your design you lose some of the intimacy and, and level design that i like sure um, because you have to have four people running through yeah. <laughs> and, and so I, that's what I would be worried about is even if it's a functional game that it, it's like, well, there, there could be a, a King shark and a Harley Quinn and a boomerang man and whoever running with you. So it's going to just be, you know, you reminders that it's a co-op game all the time. That is uh, not to take us on a different game, but that is one of my concerns with Redfall um, yep. is that arcane crafts, single player narrative experiences and everything I've read. And I followed every piece of info from Redfall and I did a video on it and everything says that this is a single player arcane arcane experience that can be played in co-op. But to your guys' point, as soon as you add co-op, you do have to add mechanics for that and and things generally speaking change in a game. Um, So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Well, that's all I had for today, fellas. Uh, chat, you have been awesome as always. Thank you for hanging out with us. Travis should be next week, back next week, assuming they let him uh, back into the country. I hope they don't, just for shits and giggles. You know, I'd like to see that, see what happens. But sure. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, this week we have uh, over the next few weeks actually a lot of reviews on the site, a lot of articles, a lot of game talk, like we said, with all these releases coming. Uh, and we'll have a lot more in the next couple of weeks, especially I will. Like I said, I'm reviewing Pentiment. I'm reviewing Warzone 2. I'll obviously be talking a lot about Halo uh, Winter Update. Jesus, I'm reviewing Callisto as well. I just said that all out loud, and it only occurred to me I've got to try and find some time somewhere. Um, so a lot coming from us on the SG side, so pay attention for that. I'm also working on a um, video probably early this week for our season gaming patrons, which is going to be about uh, Xbox Game Pass part of the game pass kind of news and the xbox or microsoft fiscal results we got this week uh but also about some of the things we've talked about in the past as well so if you are a patron look for that uh that'll be up this week as well so with that oh my god i forgot a super chat why i'm sorry guys i get so tied up in the conversation i apologize gecko i've done that before to you i feel really bad when i do it i'm sorry uh the two dollar two euros uh gecko game which one gets the bonk (laughs) <laughs> Gets the the bonk. Yeah. so uh gecko thank you and i apologize about that uh gecko is on our discord as well so we, we'll have to talk more about that gecko i want to understand if you've uh if you're just not interested in the remake or if you really played witcher one a lot and didn't like it and if you did uh why do you not but uh interesting so thank you again appreciate you all right hoag what's happening 
How many? Well, uh, like I said, I think we're going to do Halloween and headlines tomorrow morning, and it'll probably be about Geralt of Rivia as well as Doctor Who becoming Disneyfied and seeing what people think about that. A bit of a casual Monday because it's Halloween, and who doesn't love Halloween? Dan, don't you talk. Uh, and so we'll be doing that. We've been doing virtual legalities, lawyers and dragons. We'll also have question time probably tomorrow, which is our monthly uh, supporter uh, focused stream, but still allows community questions for people to ask me what they like. Uh, those are always uh, fun and not at all hurtful. Uh, so that'll be a fun episode to do. I, I think tomorrow <laughs> we'll have uh, we'll have fun with that. Uh, and yeah, you can't get rid of me. I think I'm streamed now 27 consecutive days, 26 consecutive days. Uh, and so, yeah, I like to work. So I will be doing stuff on virtual legality. I'll be doing stuff in Hangouts and Headlines. Come join us over there. It's a lot of fun. There you go. All right, gents. We will be back uh, next week with uh, the, the fourth one. And uh, until then, as always, thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you enjoy our content, of course, we didn't uh, promote it uh, during. But please give us a like. Please give us that sub. Check us out. And uh, as we say, stay tuned to uh, Hogue's channel and Season Gaming's channel. There's always good stuff to be found. Uh, other than that, we will see you next Sunday. Hope you have a nice Halloween. Uh, best holiday every year, bar none. One we'll of them, see you yeah. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>